is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. so very much for stopping by the channel once again this is the AEW dynamite post show for august 16th 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots beer garden thank you guys very much for joining us on your wednesday evenings wherever you may be and i hope that wherever you are jesse I hope that you have the absolute fucking most expensive, most potent, ice-cold adult beverage that you could possibly afford, brother. What's going on, man? Nothing. Wow, man. You, you, listen, man. You, you, you are so excited for all in, man. I see it written all over your face, bro. You can't wait to get there, man. You are, you, you're just gleaming with positivity and excitement over this this card man that we got pieced together tonight man i mean he used everything in uh dollar general man maybe top dollar served him bro elmer's glue scotch tape maybe a little bit of that blue painter's tape that doesn't really stick to the walls too well oh man what a what, what a what a what a great build this has been man i see it in all of your face man you're so fucking excited yep Let's just get to the damn review, man. Oh, man. We, uh, listen, man. Uh, all joking aside. What joking? <laughs> get to the fucking show. Oh, man. So uh, this uh, this is actually pretty... Uh, th- this is actually spot on right now. I don't even know why I come here. <laughs> oh, man. I can't get a refund for these tickets. You know that, right, man? Well, I can't either, man. It's too late. We're already committed, man. We're already there. We can't do nothing about it, bro. So the Yeti is all elite, basically, then, right? But yes, basically, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, listen, man, uh, I, uh, I I didn't even give my uh, my pre-stream speech in the Stang, man. Uh, TK left me speechless tonight, man. I mean, that's probably the first time ever that Tony Khan left me speechless after an AEW Dynamite, man, uh, normally I kick things off and I, I get the conversation flowing here with the topic of the evening. I, I'm going to leave the floor to you, man. I'm going to leave it up to you. What do you want to talk about? I feel like Cody, man. What, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to talk about, man? So, whatever side, listen, man, this is a free look, forum. This is an open forum. You're free speech. You can say whatever you want, man. Listen, bro, we're all, I'm already banned from AEW media, man. I can't, I can't, I can't get any worse, man. What is on your so, mind, man? What, what, what are you thinking about? Just let it out. If, so I had the, I had the thought process that after all of the drama that we got this week from AEW, that they were going to put their best foot forward, put together a banger show, and then make everyone say, well, 
forget about all of the backstage drama, the TV show is must-see, right? Right now, the backstage drama is 10 times more interesting than this bullshit that we get on TV. We... <sighs> Dude, I don't even know where to fucking begin. So... CM Punk. All right, you want to start there? Let's start there. Let's let's start there, man. Remember when um AEW was nothing but a a thought, a premise and an idea and something we can look forward to when we you know before it even happened. Yep. The product that we were getting in WWE was extremely missable, to say the very least, all right? So the thought that we were getting a group of guys and an owner who had the same thought process as us hardcore fans, was it was exciting, to say the least. And then when it started to come to fruition and we started getting it with events like, you know, the first all out and I mean, and all in even, you know, the original all in. And then dynamite came about and it was such a a breath of fresh air. You know, it wasn't perfect. Nothing is perfect. All right. So let's get that out of the way. I mean, nothing is perfect. I don't expect perfection. I just expect to be on the same wavelength as far as what we want, as far as our pro wrestling. I'm going to, I'm going to add something in there. I'm not going to cut you off. We expected an alternative. Yes. We expected to watch a product vastly different from what we were forced to watch on a, on a, on a, on a wide, on a widespread nationwide basis. All right. We basically wanted something that was not WWE. And I feel like when we first got it. It was rough around the edges as anything. Uh, they started getting their momentum. They started establishing more stars. They started signing new talent. When they got their you know, feet planted in the ground as far as what they were doing, the only thing that I and most hardcore fans around the world could think is, wow, what if we got CM Punk into this style of pro wrestling? the style that that he came up in and the ROH style and things like that. It'd be fantastic, man. And then the rumors started to spread and then, you know, the, 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 the innuendos and then all of a sudden the United Center is going up and it's going to host Rampage. It's going to be the first dance. I was the first mofo there to get tickets, bro. I was right there in the front of the United Center, man. I was right there in, in the stands. I was right there cheering when he came up. My wife has video of me marking out when CM Punk came out. Correct me if I'm wrong. You got the T-shirt and the wrapping for the ice cream bar. Correct. I got the wrapping. It's, it's, it's in my fucking closet right next to the, um, the StarCast media pass that we had. I got it right now, man. And life... For a pro wrestling fan, could not get any better. We had the style of wrestling that we wanted. We got CM Punk back. Life is fucking great. Everything is right in the world. And then Brawl Out happened. All right? And to, to 
avoid going over a situation that I know that we are all aware of. Brawl out happened. Let's get past that. I I was not a fan of how the events of Brawl Out um, happened as it pertained to CM Punk. And I'll tell you again why I singled out CM Punk in an event that involved a bunch of other people. Because nothing happened to CM Punk that doesn't happen to other wrestlers probably across the planet. So all you have to do is take care of your situation backstage and do what Punk needed to do, what he now expects the elite to do, and that was be a professional, all right? Handle it amongst your peers and amongst your supervisor, boss, or whatever the case may be. But doing what he did in a company that we had just become so in love with for the style that they brought and everything else, felt like it was more detrimental to the brand as a whole. And I didn't appreciate it, and I didn't like how he went about it. Um, I didn't like what the Bucks and or Hangman or anyone else had to do involved in the situation, but at the end of the day, they weren't the ones that blew it up the way that Punk did. That's why I took an exception to the way Punk handled it, especially since he was one deemed to be a locker room leader in AEW. I thought that was shitty. I thought that was not to the benefit of the wrestling fans, which is what I thought that Punk had in mind. So I gave him shit about it and I didn't like it. And everybody in, you know, half the people in this chat right here called me a Punk hater. They get tired of hearing my me crap about Punk and everything else. Fine. So I laid off Punk and then, you know, Punk was injured. He went away and he came back and everybody was asking me my thoughts or my thoughts on CM Punk since he was coming back. And I stood on the stance of, hey, look, if he's going to come back and do Punk stuff, the stuff that we hoped that he did originally, great. But if he's going to come back and bring this locker room drama with him, I'm going to be on the boat. I wish he never came back. Well, now here we are, right? And the drama has not gone away. The drama has gotten worse. I'm not even going to get into details of the said drama that's out right now because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. The headline of every wrestling podcast, of every wrestling news site, begins with CM Punk and drama backstage. We didn't get headlines back like that before Punk. At worst, we had a we had a spat in the women's locker room. But all in all, like I said before, we don't expect perfection, okay? But when you are the center focus of a company, when you are the highest paid of a company, and then all of your actions are detrimental to the company, what are we doing here? He's politicking backstage like fucking Hogan in the 80s. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. He's using his star power to put the owner in between a rock and a hard place to get what he fucking wants because to him, that's all that matters. CM Punk and what CM Punk wants. And now that he did what he did and pissed off the people that he pissed off and got them so mad that they don't want to work with him, now he wants to come out and play the, oh, why can't we all just be professionals card? Why, why couldn't we be professionals when you were out there fucking blabbing company business in front of a live camera? 
Where was that mentality then? Okay. You can expect people if, I mean, I always use analogies like this. You can't come up and slap me in the face in front of the world and then say, okay, I'm sorry, let's work and get past it. Maybe I don't want to get past it just because you do, because you're the one that fucked up, right? If you insulted someone so bad they don't want to work with you and you're the locker room leader, what kind of locker room leader does that make you exactly? Read on me that. What is your purpose here in AEW post-Brawl Out? All right? Say you made a mistake at Brawl Out. Okay, I was heated. I was injured. I was pissed off. I felt people were talking shit. I didn't believe, you know, I didn't believe what they were doing. I was mad. I lashed out. I shouldn't have. I'll make this right going forward. All right? I'm going to take my hiatus, deal with my injury, come back, make this shit right, make TK feel comfortable with re-signing me and provide him the provide him the 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 star that he's paying for. People want to say that collision is great. Collision is better than dynamite. I can't complain about any of that. I can't argue any of that. But at what cost? At what cost? Fans like me, you and a lot of people sitting here watching us right now, how many of you feel the same way about AEW as you did before Brawl Out. It's almost it's almost like with him being over there and him taking everything over there, it's almost as if it's a pseudonym or a a uh, sim it's a, it's almost symbolism. Like the company is half of what it used to be. CM Punk has basically divided the company with him needing his own show. He's not on Wednesday nights. He's on Saturday nights. So when you ask the question, what is his reasoning for, be, for being back here? Is it to help himself or is it to help AEW? I think the answer is pretty clear. If he wants to work Saturdays and Saturdays only and have nothing to do with Wednesday night because it's not his show. So what is he doing here? He's here for himself. These are my opinions and my thoughts. Because the thought of him being here to help others get over is completely out of the window when he is out there burying younger talent like Adam Hangman Page. Guys who have not had 20-some-odd-year careers in the big lights and the big companies, guys who need to be brought up. So you hire guys like CM Punk to do just that, and Punk is mad because Dave Meltzer exists. Punk got into AEW and got mad because Meltzer and Fightful said some things about him and he didn't like it. So he lashed out on the entire company, the elite, the owner, and every fan that was excited for him to come. It feels like right now in 2023, CM Punk is on a mission to kill AEW because he's so upset about, he's still upset about the brawl out situation. It feels like he has not changed his demeanor. If he has, he's changed it for the worse. And it feels like he's just here to get revenge for the whole brawl-out situation. Why? Because he knows that he came out of that looking terrible. Looking fucking terrible. How petty are we? Well, if Ace Steel can't be here, then I don't think that the fucking 
um, head of talent relations should be here. That was stupid to even think that. But the worst part came was when it actually happened and Christopher Daniels actually had to leave. That was the worst part. How are you trying to make a company better by dividing it in half? How are you trying to make a, a fan base come together by telling them, basically, you're either with me or against me because I hate them and they shouldn't be here and they don't sell merchandise and they stink and they're poo-poo and I'm CM Punk because I sell this and I sell that. You sound like fucking Hogan in the 80s and 90s. It is, I make money so I should get to do what I want. It is a company divided. Collision and what he says are colliders against the OGs on Dynamite. And it's not, and it's not, it's not for brand warfare. It's not some fucking storyline yeah. written bullshit. I, was say, I, w- I wish it was a storyline. You know, it's not. It's it's CM Punk basically dividing the company, and Tony Khan is going right along with it, and he's gonna go with his meal ticket, his biggest money maker, the one man that he's given the most money to out of everyone else on that roster because of who he is and his star power, and that's CM Punk. And then it all comes directly from Punk, and it bleeds right on to Tony Khan, and Tony Khan is playing Punk's game, as if Punk's got Tony Khan wrapped around his finger. He kept Punk on a leash just long enough to get the elite to sign contracts. And as soon as that happened, Punk felt very confident and free to go out and, and bash Hangman the guy that he was not contractually obligated to keep out of his fucking mouth, he went out there and decided to bash their best fucking friend. That's not petty? No, it's childish. It's childish. That sounds very very fucking petty. That sounds very fucking petty. So what are we doing here? If you want to talk about people should be professionals and and go out there and just work and, and, and do business, then what are you doing? What the fuck is that? What are you doing to help the situation? If you were truly sorry about, you don't even have to be sorry about, I don't know what you said exactly, but at least be sorry about how it all went down. You wish it could have been handled smoother, you know, on everyone's part. So fine. In efforts of, you know, putting business first and putting this behind us, I'll do whatever it takes to straighten this shit out. Well, like what? I don't know. How about not going out there and blasting Hangman Adam Page in public? All right. How about not being involved? I'll, I'll even give them the benefit of the doubt because we don't know if any of these rumors are true or not. But at the end of the day, the rumors exist. Not even going to get into if they're true or not, they exist. So what are you doing to stop things like this from coming out? What are you doing to stop rumors like this from coming out? What olive branches are you trying to extend to make this stuff go away. Maybe maybe you're talking up some people as opposed to talking down people. You know, maybe you're trying to do your best to hype the shows. I don't know. Anything except everyone's headline not being about an 80,000 venue show coming up in less than two weeks, but instead all about seeing fucking punk. I have a ticket and airfare to London for this show, and I don't give a goddamn about it. I don't even want to really fucking go. My wife is excited to go to see London. That's why I'm not canceling it. It's, it's, 
is straight up bullshit that this could have been avoided. And I do put this all on TK because this could have been avoided on so many levels at the start of it, in the middle of it, at this point of it. You couldn't cut off that man's mic. For what he said out there after what we just went through a brawl out, what Punk did was a suspendable offense as far as I'm concerned. You're going to fucking learn one way or the other. The show is better with you. We would rather have the show with you, but you are not the end-all be-all of AEW. You are expendable. We'll survive. We won't be better by letting you go, but at the end of the day, you just might be. At least morale will be better. The thing is, is the, the, the thing is, Jesse, he's not expendable. CM Punk is not expendable, not to Tony Khan. Not to w- Tony Khan. W- w- without, without CM Punk, they're not getting a renewal on their on their uh, Time Warner or Warner Brothers Discovery deal. They're not. If they do, they're not getting the amount of money that CM Punk is going to help bring in for them. So, yes, Tony Khan's meal ticket is CM Punk. And Tony Khan, the feeling from TK to CM Punk is that he is irreplaceable. You cannot replace CM Punk. That's the feeling that I get from my standpoint, my point of view, in regards to their relationship. He's got everything about this company riding on CM Punk and not the people that brought this idea to him for him to back it with his financial backing. That's the problem. I think I think TK sold Punk to Warner Brothers. I think he oversold them. I think if you walk into a meeting and you promise and you put up and you guarantee CM Punk and his star power, that at that point, yes, the network would expect it because that's what you sold to us. But I think if you go in there with a different strategy and a different sales pitch that involves your other stars and another focus that does not involve CM Punk, then the network wouldn't expect CM Punk. The network, I don't think the network expected CM Punk to happen. I think they would have been happy with the product if the product was successful. Now, the fact that CM Punk is there, that's great. You telling us that you got Punk and you're going to put him on TV front and center every week? Okay, that's great. We'll buy that. You know, I believe if Punk was never in the conversation, I think if the creative would have been kept up and, and used with the talent that they have and stories would have been built and everything else, I think they would have gotten collision. I think you could have built up I think in the three years that, that that AEW existed with having Kenny Omega from the very start, I don't see why they could not make Kenny Omega in three years of focus just as big as a talent as CM fucking Punk. That wasn't the focus, though. That was not the focus. The focus was building new talent as it should be. All right. I get that as well. But if your plan is to expand, then you got to bring in a megastar or make a megastar. All right, so they brought in Punk, and it turns out that was a fucking failure. I'm going to call it right now. Morale is terrible. They have another show. Great. The ratings for that show are not great, okay? So let's get that straight. Which kind kind of dumbed down Punk's comments to Adam Page and kind of rendered them meaningless and useless because he gets the ratings, he brings in the audience, he sells more merch, but on a Saturday night. And the Saturday night show is doing half of what the show on Wednesday is doing. So how truthful is Punk's statement after collision on Saturday to Adam Page, how no. stupid does he look? No, no, the ratings are not better, and I won't even I won't even blame Punk for that. It's a fucking it's a it's a really bad spot for pro wrestling. But don't go out there and claim some shit that's not true. You are not popping the fucking ratings. You are not doing anything. But now, I've, but now 
But that being said, I feel like if it wasn't Punk show, if it was Omega's show or someone else's show and the ratings were down, they would say, see, if Punk was there, it'd be better. Well, now look, Punk is here and it's not better. It's a bad spot. It's a terrible, it's a terrible spot for pro wrestling. Now, they don't need fucking Punk. And I know, look, everything I've said before that, I feel is all fucking true. This part, I'll, I'll admit, it might be my opinion. It might be controversial because I know what he can bring to the table, but I'm basing this on what he has brought to the table and what he's been doing, which is bringing the fucking company down. I don't want your merchandise to sell and all this other shit to happen at the cost of my entire locker room being divided, free uh, free agents not feeling comfortable about coming here, other stars thinking about walking and going over to my competition. You're not worth that much to me. You're worth everything I'm spending on you if you're helping me bring in more talent, if you're helping me create a better locker room environment, but you're doing the polar opposite. So if that's, if that's the case, you're not worth the fucking money. You're not. The ratings are not shit. So don't start there. Your merchandise selling does not help anyone but you. So fuck off with that. All right? You're at the last leg of your career. What are you doing to help the company and help others? Because it seems like you're here to kill the company. I mean, I can't really, I can't really disagree with anything you said. I mean, I'm good for right now. Yes. It, it it all it all is it's just mind boggling to me how we have somebody who's running this company in Tony Khan, and the reports that you read, literally everything, could have been stopped and should have been stopped by the guy who signs the fucking paychecks. Literally everything. The Adam Page promo didn't need to be said. Mike could have been cut. CM Punk took it upon himself to, again, make not only himself, Adam Page, but Tony Khan look like an idiot. He sat at home, injured, fuming over what Adam Page said said in a promo. Months ago. Yeah. As opposed to picking up a fucking phone, getting that shit squared away, and getting it situated backstage before he got to TV. He kept his mouth shut, and he couldn't wait to get to TV and talk about Hangman, who wasn't even the topic of why he was even out there that night. It was in regards to John Moxley. He brought up Adam Page anyway. Petty. Petty, petty, petty. And that dog is still ugly. All right, now I'm done. <laughs> of, course, of course you had to throw that in there. It, it, it all it all comes back to Tony Khan, man, and you know I don't want to I don't want to blame Tony Khan for everything, but it all starts and ends with Tony Khan, and all the stories that you read all week, you know, from him sending Christopher Daniels home and the backstage altercation with Jungle Boy, which was complete bullshit, by the way, it was all bullshit. Oh my god! You, you know, Jack Jack Perry. You know, listen. I know what it is to be young. You guys know what it is to be young and be defiant and listen to your veterans and listen to your elders and not want to listen to them and think that you know better. Fine. Everybody's gone through it. I'm not saying that Jungle Boy is is innocent because he's probably young and stupid and he, and he thinks that he knows what he's got to do. And, and Punk, on the other hand, with, this, with that story is, you know, he wants to be the veteran and he wants to t- teach and he wants to guide and mold and kind of give them advice on how to do things and how not to do things. Sometimes you're going to get some backlash. Sometimes you're going to get people that are going to listen with open ears. But he did not want Jack Perry to use uh, real glass. 
Apparently, Punk's camp said that he wanted to use real glass because he didn't want to come to work the following week. That was Punk's story. Now, we got another side of the story that came out today, Jesse. I don't know if you've seen this. And Jungle Boy had already gotten vacation time approved by management, and he wanted to use the real glass to really kind of sell the fact that he was going to be out because he was going to take a little bit, a little of a vacation for himself. But Punk didn't want him to use the real glass. So Punk's side kind of embellished the story, making it seem that Jack Perry didn't want to come to work because he didn't want to show up for work, and he wanted to take an easy way out and skip days. But he had a vacation already planned for himself. So you, you, you see how things get skewed in, in, yeah. in the entire thing and all the drama. Like I said, when you sent me that story, like I, I don't believe this shit for a second. It's just something that's not sitting fucking right. Jungle Boy Jack Perry, one of like the greenest of greenest, rookiest of rookies in that locker room as it pertains to experience and everything else. You're telling me that he all of a sudden just went full fucking moxley and said, I want glass, and if he doesn't get it, he's going to stomp and kick and scream and defy and try to get out of work and everything. I don't believe that fucking... I didn't believe it when it came out. I just, I, I, especially when they kept saying that people from Punk side were saying, I was like, okay, yeah, all right, that makes sense. Do I know Jungle Boy personally? No, but that still doesn't mean I believe he he, he went off and did shit like the way that it came off in the story. Is it possible he wanted glass? Yeah, sure, I guess maybe. Is it possible he was told no? Yeah. Do I think that he wanted to do it anyway? No. But why is CM Punk telling Jack Perry to not use real glass? Isn't that isn't isn't that Tony Khan's job? Why is it why 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 is it ending with CM Punk telling Jack Perry what he has to do, and CM Punk putting himself in that situation with Jack Perry, who Jack Perry's probably going to look at because he's friends with Matt and Nick Jackson. He's going to look at CM Punk and see who the fuck you think you are, man. I'm going to do what I want to do. But at the end of the day, it all starts and ends with Tony Khan. Where is Tony Khan? Where is Tony Khan saying, Jack, no, no real glass. Make sure it's sugar glass or fucking something that it's a substitute so we don't get you hurt. Your health is our priority. Why isn't Tony Khan making those fucking decisions? Why is CM Punk there telling Jack Perry what to do and what not to do? What business is it of his? What business is it of, is it of CM Punk's? Yes. Between Christopher Daniels, between the producers... Between Tony Khan... Tony Khan is there every Saturday night. Every single Saturday night with a headset on like Jesse and I have in front of the fucking monitors watching the show and producing the show. Christopher Daniels is head of talent relations and he got sent home. Did CM Punk send him home? Or did CM Punk tell Tony Khan and Tony Khan sent Christopher Daniels home at the request of CM Punk? Who's running the fucking company? Who's running the company? Now I don't know. I, I know. I know you. You. You know a thing or two, Jesse. Head of talent relations is a pretty big fucking deal. Was Was Punk dealing with Jack because he sent Christopher Daniels home and someone had to produce Jack Perry? Did CM Punk all of a sudden become CEO, uh, head of talent relations, and now pro wrestler as well? How many hats is he wearing in the company? Head of talent relations is the single most important job backstage behind Tony Khan's. Yes. So how does Punk get the power? Remember when we, remember when we eluded toward this or just like, you know, put thoughts into this before brawl out about Punk being in management because of the wording of something that was released 
Remember that? Yeah. Is is it was it true? Is it still true? Is Certainly he, looks like it. Is he low key in management and and no one knows? Because it's like TK had a fraudulent slip there and let everybody uh you know what's uh, in the bag. Yeah. How is this possible? How is any of this shit possible? CM Punk doesn't want Hangman. We flew Hangman, you know, into into TV, and then we told him to go film somewhere else and then sent him home. Well, then they tried to cover that up and say Hangman was not flown into collision and that they had a change of plans. Okay. Then what happened with Christopher Daniels and Ryan Nemeth? They got sent home. Okay. Oh, the, the fuck. Ryan Nemeth got sent home. <laughs> But CM Punk wants to be the professional, but he needed to call out Ryan Nemeth and make Ryan Nemeth an example in the locker room because of a tweet that he made after that first debut episode of Collision where he called CM Punk soft, the softest man yeah. alive. That couldn't Remember? be done via email. That couldn't be done via text. That couldn't be done via phone call. You needed for him to come to the show on the on probably the first fucking day that he was invited to the show and then berate him in front of the locker room, altercation with him in front of the locker room, which apparently was very weird and uncomfort, uh, not, not very comfortable for the locker room. And then he ends it with a handshake, and then, he's gets, then he gets sent home. Remember how all this started? With Hangman saying that CM Punk had something to do with Coke Cabana? Yeah. And, Coke Cabana, and, and CM Punk's like, that's, that's bullshit. I never would have done that. Let's revisit that. Well... Now that all of this shit is happening, how likely is it that it was actually possible that Punk has something to do because Punk is that fucking bitter? Because he's been a bitter bitch as of late. Maybe he did have something to do with, you, with Coke Cabana. You, you are not wrong. You are not wrong. There, there have been many fabrications coming from the Punk camp in regards to everything. I mean, just look at the Jack Perry situation, and they made him out to be, you know... A, a rookie in this yeah. and, and, and him to look bad. You know, are you wrong to ask that question? No, because nope. he's done it. How many different people? Ryan Nemeth, Christopher Daniels, uh, Matt Hardy. Yeah. I mean, so is it out of the realm of possibility that CM Punk requested to Tony Khan to send Colt Cabana home when he's now doing the same thing on a show that is his on Saturday night? with others who are now friends of the elite? I mean... Remember the stories from Brawl Out and Locker Room. When Punk's camp got a hold of it, Larry was missing all his fucking teeth because of Kenny Omega. There was not a fucking hair on that dog that was harmed. I don't even need to be there. There was not a hair on that animal that was harmed. And And we all took all that shit with a grain of salt. Oh, come on. What He said he had nothing to do with Cabana. Maybe he didn't. Okay, benefit of the doubt, you know. He's then he said all punk, all of Larry's fucking teeth get knocked out, and then all his other shit. It seems that whenever a story comes from Punk's camp, it's not necessarily a flat out lie, but it is majorly overly fucking exaggerated, majorly exaggerated. And it seems to be the case here with Jack Perry as well. We could sit here and talk about this for the entire show. I, I will not do that. Uh, I think Jesse. That got, would be more interesting than the bullshit I, we I, got on I, this show. I know, but everything everything that we said is in correlation to what we got tonight. Okay, the backstage the backstage drama with CM Punk and, and everything regarding backstage antics in AEW right now has overtaken the interest level in AEW All In. 
And, and that's just a straight fact. And the other big talking point coming out of this show tonight was, or before the show, I should say, going into Dynamite Jesse was the fact that there is uneasiness in the locker room, obviously with CM Punk and all the rumors and the drama, but there is a certain unhappiness in the locker room right now with how Tony Khan is producing and building towards All In to a point where some people, anonymous, reached out to SE Scoops to say that they feel Tony Khan is going to let the company down and this show is not going to live up to the expectations that they built. With the, with the way that the show has kind of taken a different route from what we expected, they expected it to be their WrestleMania 3 is what was in the report. Uh, Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan, you know, ask WrestleMania. Or, or WrestleMania 1. This could be the start of their WrestleMania, really. You want to uh, know... And, 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 and we're not getting that. You, you want to know low-key what made WrestleMania 3 as big as it was? I mean, and God, man, I can't stand this guy in 2023, but it was the promotion of Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon promoted the holy hell out of WrestleMania 3. Andre, Hogan. Dude, he 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 had, I mean, it was all in the build. It was all in the build-up and the way it was promoted. All in hasn't been promoted listen at all listen i'm glad you made that point because all in has been promoted it's been it's been no i'm i'm let me get to my point it has been promoted as the biggest pro wrestling show in history and that's it that's That's what that's what tony khan is riding their show on filling 83 however Many people are going to end up in that stadium. Us two being two of those 80-plus thousand. He's filling Wembley Stadium with 80-plus thousand people. It'll, it may end up 83, 84,000. It may be the largest pro wrestling show, non-WWE related of all time. It is being promoted, Jesse, and that's all Tony Khan cares about. It's almost as if everything else, the build, the story, the card, who's on the show, where it is, where it's taking place, None of that seems to matter outside of the fact that Tony Khan was able to fill 80-plus thousand people in Wembley Stadium to beat WWE's WrestleMania all-time record with fans in attendance, to be the number one pro wrestling promotion in the entire United Kingdom. That is all he cares about. I mean, the narrative, I mean, it's, it's sickening to listen to Excalibur shill something like Michael Cole would be told to shill something for WrestleMania or some stupid fucking, you know, catchphrase from Vince McMahon, the biggest pro wrestling show in history. How many times did Excalibur say that tonight? They're really hanging on that narrative. Tony Khan is doing promotion for Tony Khan. Tony Khan wants to make sure he is the number one guy to beat WWE record here, record there, record over here. Not AEW. Not AEW. This, yeah. is Tony, this, this is Tony Khan's fucking claim to fame. And I don't want to sit here and tell you that as a disrespect towards Tony Khan because I've told Jesse, and I said, to you, I said this to you guys earlier in the day when I uploaded that extra. Tony Khan is very nice. Tony Khan's been very nice to me. I've spoken to Tony Khan a couple of times. And I just feel like he's doing what he can for himself. 
and the correlations between Vince McMahon and Tony Khan, though Jesse made a stark comparison how different they are, 2023 version of pro wrestling promoter Vince McMahon and Tony Khan, I don't know if there's much of a difference, Jesse. Vince McMahon booked for Vince McMahon. The writing team over there booked for Vince McMahon on how to make Vince McMahon laugh, on what is going to crack Vince McMahon up, what Vince McMahon's going to like, not with what the fans want or what the fans like. Tony Khan pretends that he wants to book for the fans, but on any given night, bro, Tony Khan's booking a match because Tony Khan wants to see it, and you see that with the stretch of shows that we've gotten for All In. How much of what you saw tonight Minus tonight, how much of what you saw on these shows had anything to do with the build for All In? I would say maybe 20%. These are are matches thrown together for the sake of Tony Khan throwing matches together. He's trying to come up with ideas and build for this show, and it's coming off as he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. No. No. He he managed to fumble the biggest match he had in his possession to put on in Punk Omega because he failed to manage his team. He failed to lead his locker room. He failed to gain the trust of his talent. And he failed at being a promoter because that is the best match that he could have given us. He's not a promoter. He's a matchmaker. No. He's a matchmaker. That's all he is. He's not a booker. He's not a creative genius. You know, I don't know where year one and year two came from. I really don't. I, I, I don't know where year one and year two. Dude, Revolution 2022 was the peak of fucking AEW. It's amazing. I, I, don't, I don't know where we went. This company was long-term booking. This company told stories. Where's the company, Jesse, that gave us Punk MJF? Where's the company that gave us Hangman and Kenny Omega? Where's the company that gave us Omega and Moxley? Where's the company that gave us the Bucks versus Omega and Hangman and that tag team division? Where is the company that gave us a TNT championship that fucking meant something to this company with the likes of Cody and Brody Lee holding that title? Where is this company? I don't see that company anymore. Let me tell you what fans like me and you do when... We enjoy what a company has given us. When AEW came on, I did nothing but defend AEW from all kinds of WWE shills and elitists and everything like that because, A, I felt like they weren't even giving it a fair shake. The company just started. They're already saying the worst things possible. So I had no problem defending the company. And then they were giving us matchups and pay-per-views that were fucking off the chain and everything else. I'm like, yes, I don't mind defending this company. Now, as it stands right now, if, if you bash AEW, you know, to me, I really have no comeback. I'm like, eh, okay, I, I get it. Dude, I defend Impact more than AEW. I, I blocked at least three or four people tonight for ridiculous fucking Impact comments. Because I posted something like, if you sit here and watch garbage like this bullshit, but then want to tell me Impact sucks, get the fuck off my timeline, man. Get the fuck off my timeline. I don't speak from for, for, from being an elitist. I speak from what I enjoy. And in year one and two and everything else in AEW, I enjoyed it. Was it perfect? Again, no. But all in all, we enjoyed it. We were having fun. We were smiling, coming out of and going into pay-per-views and shows and everything. 
Go back and look at our reviews. They're still here on YouTube, bro. We enjoyed it. Now, now we get Jeff Jarrett. We get Satin and Singh. We got the fucking Yeti 2023 out there. All right. This is not the AEW that we that we fell in love with a couple of years ago. I don't know what this bullshit is anymore. What is what is the similarities and what is the correlation between all in 2023 and all in five years ago, Jesse? Can, can you find any similarities? Because I'm struggling to find any similarities at all. It seemed no. like the event that you and I went to at the now arena five years ago it felt like there was a unity. It felt like the pro wrestling world came together for the common good because they wanted to slay the evil beast known as WWE and Vince McMahon, and they wanted to serve up an alternative against the fucking same old formulaic garbage that we've been given on Monday and Friday night. How is that similar to what they did in 2019 compared to what they're doing now? I don't sense any unity here. I don't sense anything coming together or a roster coming together for the greater good to prove a point to be that alternative. It, it seems like it seems like that narrative is completely missing. So how is this all in? Like, what are you all in on? What, what is AEW going all in on? Are you going all in because you want AEW to be the, the best promotion it could be? Or, or are you going all in to please Tony Khan and what he wants? In- in the first All In, it was a show that everybody on the indie scene were breaking their necks to get to. It was a show that talent in WWE was willing to fucking walk out of the company to get to if they could. You had people that weren't even inside signing with ROH and everything like that. People from New Japan, they flew in from all over the fucking world to be a part of this show because it was a show that everybody felt like they had a chance to shine and it was a big spotlight and they were amongst friends and family and they were all about getting each other over. In 2023, we got the women's locker room having more fucking political BS than a fucking Republican rally. We got CM Punk trying to run the fucking show. We got people, you know, just getting sent home Cards being booked like shit. The build is nothing. This is not the same company. It feels a lot like WWE right now. Alternative. I'm going to use that that word a lot. Alternative. This is not the alternative for WWE that you, me, and everybody else signed up for and rallied on and cheered on. I, I don't really see any difference compared to a WWE show. I, I mean, All In is basically... You know, you want to you want to hype up beating WrestleMania 32's record in in, in Dallas with a hundred quote unquote thousand people, right? I mean, give me a fucking break. I, I don't know what the record was there. It was like I don't know 79, 80, or something like that. But WrestleMania 32 was one of the worst WrestleManias in the history of that entire event. You know, you're booking this as if Vince McMahon is booking a WrestleMania with three weeks to go. And it's riding on the name itself. Tony Khan's taken every single fan for granted because he's got 80,000 fucking people already in that building. And he thinks that those fans don't give a shit what's on the show as long as they are privy to great pro wrestling. Let me tell you something. We know AEW delivers great pro wrestling. I mean, everybody in that building knows that AEW produces some of the best pro wrestling on the planet. Better than WWE. 
But if you think that it stops because the fans are going to get great pro wrestling and that's all they really came for, that's not what I came for. That's not what you came for, Jesse. We came for long, drawn-out stories. We came for stories that made sense over a week-to-week basis. We came for consistency. We came for everything WWE was not doing. I I mean, just watch a, a regular Monday night, Friday night. You know, stories are getting dropped left and right. Stories don't make sense. Logic gaps as big as fucking Bruce Pritchard's belly. I, I mean, what are we what are we doing here? Th- this this is their this is their WrestleMania. This this is going to start a tr- or at least should start a trend of hey AEW's got their WrestleMania. This is their biggest show of the year. We're gonna fill stadiums every single fucking year to give you guys our WrestleMania, and you've taken it for granted. As a fan, I'm actually slighted. Like you, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of regretting actually paying my hard-earned money, money that I work my fucking ass off for, to build this channel, to spend it on them, to go over there. And I feel like with the effort that he's put in, I don't want to be there. And I feel like the only reason that I'm going there is to meet the fucking great people that support my channel and support what I do here. AEW Secondary. Because Tony Khan hasn't made us a priority. He hasn't. And that's the way I feel, and I'm not wrong for feeling that way. No. No. I, I mean, I, I, I don't like feeling like this about AEW. I really don't. But that's just where it's gotten to, man. And I can tell you right now, this is all in is the absolute last ticket I'm buying or any merchandise I'm buying from AEW fucking W. That's it. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Jesse's been on this fucking show with me ever since day one. And it's the first time I've ever heard him say something like that. And we got two shows, Jesse, in a week, all in and all out. And he expects us to pay 50 and 50 in the same week to watch these shows. Um, man, let me tell you something, man. If it wasn't for covering all that with you, I wouldn't even buy that pay-per-view either. I mean, look at the card. Look look at the card that we are getting. And I, I want to go over, because everything that Jesse said from the punk stuff bleeds into what this show is, this all-in show. Look at what we got tonight, Jesse. We got a show within, I would say, the first 40 minutes. It was like bang, 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 bang. They could not wait to get all-in matches announced and on these segments tonight. We got Samoa Joe versus CM Punk, which is probably going to end up happening. It's not confirmed, but more than likely, it's going to happen. I know a lot of people are not excited about that. And to be quite honest with you, nobody's buying the fucking pay-per-view for CM Punk and Samoa Joe. I'm sorry. They're not. Absolutely not. not. They're not. And the fact that my guy Andrew Bedala made a good point on Tuesday night last night, we had a, a very, very um, in-depth discussion about the CM Punk stuff, and he was heated, and he doesn't get heated often, and he got heated. We're getting FTR and the Young Bucks. We got 80% of the match that everybody wants to see. Why can't we add CM Punk and Kenny Omega to that and make it really WrestleMania-like for AEW? Who signs the fucking paychecks here? Some people, yeah. are gonna, some people are gonna claim legalities. It can't happen because of legal things and legal this and legal that. I don't give a fuck. I mean, they're all signed to contracts. Tony Khan signs the paychecks. Like you told me, Jesse, yesterday. 
If Tony Khan wants you to fucking give, if Tony Khan wants you to go deliver a GTS, you're going to go fucking deliver a GTS. I mean, what's the big deal? No. So if we, look, I, I get that he can't give us Punk and Omega. I get why. But the thing is, it's his own fucking fault. Now, to force them to go out and do the match anyway, well, you're kind of putting yourself out there as being liable because now you're, you're trusting these guys to go out and trust each other. And if one of them gets hurt, first thing what I'm going to say, and we know Punk will, because I was forced to go out there and do this match and I didn't want to do it. And then I got hurt because I think Kenny Omega shot on me and 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 clipped that one, uh, one winged angel on purpose and fucking fractured my neck. If they don't want to do it and you force them to do it, guess who's on the hook for that bullshit when someone gets hurt? But that's your own fucking fault. You're the reason that these fucking men don't want to go out there and work with each other because you can't control your own fucking locker room. Oh, fine. We can't get Kenny Omega and CM Punk, but I mean, I'm of the... I'm of the feeling that Tony Khan can make anything happen. He's the fucking boss. If he wants people to jump through rings of fire, he's going to fucking say it, and people should end up doing it. They he's the boss. He, to do it. He's the boss. Yes. He's the boss. So I don't believe these legalities. I don't believe this fucking bullshit. You want something to happen, you make it happen. Now, people were claiming that Brian Danielson fucked up plans. Brian Danielson has nothing to do with Kenny Omega and fucking All In. Brian Danielson broke his arm two months ago. No. You mean to tell me that Brian Danielson being injured for two months has prolonged Kenny Omega's plans for, for all this time? They couldn't find a fucking opponent for Kenny Omega until week week one before the pay-per-view? One week before the pay-per-view. That is the lamest fucking excuse that you could possibly ever come to me with. That's not, that's not the reason why this card took so long to put together. Fine. Joe and Punk. Nobody's buying the pay-per-view for that match. Punk wanted it. Punk got it. And it's the safest thing for him to do. So be it. It'll be forgotten by the end of the night. So be it. I don't really give a shit about their story. I don't give a shit about their history. I've seen it on Collision. I've seen all that I need to see, Jesse. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. There, there is no excitement. Look, I'm not here to just... And this is coming from a big Samoa yeah. Joe guy in exactly. both of us. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm not here to just bash on the show and the match. I have a ticket. I'm flying to fucking London. So I tell you this shit sounds boring. I don't want to see it. It's coming from the heart because I want the show to be great. You don't want 80,000 fans sitting there not happy about the show that they're getting. You really should put a lot more into it so that you just get all. It's not the biggest show ever just because you filled it. If they all go home pissed off, what did you do? By the way, shout out to Issa in the chat. You are gold, my friend. You You got a gold microphone. Before we get to you, let's basically get to Will Chisholm over here, man. Will Chisholm. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get my. Uh... Sorry, Will. Round them up. Will Chisholm, thank you for the 100 bomb earlier, brother. I uh, I did not mean to uh, skip that over, but, you know, we got uh, we got some serious business to uh, discuss tonight. Uh, he says that Triple H promo to Punk calling him selfish all those years ago hits harder now than ever. It, it really does, man. I mean, we might rag on Triple H and Vince, but look, that broken clock is right twice a day. 
CM Punk for Samoa Joe. Nobody's ordering the pay-per-view pay for that match. I, I think a lot of people are going to end up disappointed, yet you got the elitists. Oh, well, the, the stories, the, the history. I don't give a fuck about their history. I'm sorry. It's not a match for all in. It's uh, it's a dynamite collision main event. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, and, hi, and hi, Issa. It, and, and you saw a train wreck, girl. Yeah. yeah. A we, fucking we, train wreck. We, we, we will get to that train wreck in a little bit. Uh, Punk Joe, okay? Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho was seemingly announced tonight. And that is going to take place at Wembley. So we got Will Ospreay on the show, and they've opted not to do Ospreay and Omega-3, which I think everybody would have rather preferred, to be quite honest with you, over Ospreay and Jericho. Now, I'm not going to take anything away from Chris Jericho. I, I do think that Chris Jericho can deliver a good match with Will Ospreay, but good is not where I want to be for this show. It needs to be great. Everything needs to be great for this match and this show. Never mind the fucking match. And to be quite honest with you, Jesse, I'm a Jericho guy. I love Jericho. We respect yes. Jericho greatly. Yes. But when I sit here and I'm fucking being brutally honest with you, and I don't really give a shit if you don't agree with me in the chat or not, I much rather would have taken Osprey versus Sammy Guevara at the pay-per-view than Osprey and Jericho. Yes. Yes. That's and just I, me. I, I want to I lead with that. This has nothing to do with Chris Jericho. The guy is the GOAT, dude. He really is. How old is Jericho? I don't know. How old is Chris Jericho? He's got to be late 40s. Is he 50? Let me see. I'm going to look it up now. I got to make your point. So I would love to have seen Will Ospreay versus Chris Jericho. 52 years old. Yeah, I was gonna say I'd rather have seen this when he was 15 years younger, man. This has my my this comment's got nothing to do with Chris Jericho. And look, I think Chris Jericho is killing it. Thank you, Billy. Give me one second, man. I think Chris Jericho is killing it for the position he's in and at his age. And I saw I saw I saw him retweeted something that some about someone said they were complaining about getting him an Osprey. Dude, this has nothing to do with Jericho, but Will Osprey is at the pentacle of his in-ring career. He is, I mean, he's right there. He's way up. He's not going to get much better than if that. He's, if he's not number one, he's certainly number two. It could be MJF. Yeah. It could be Osprey at the end of the year. He's up there. Yes. So that being said, Chris Jericho, he's fucking great. He's a, he's a legend. He's a fucking goat. But, bro, in 2023, at age 52, he is not in the same category with in-ring work as Will Ospreay, okay? Will is not going to work the same kind of style, the same kind of speed, the same kind of intensity that he worked with Kenny Omega that he's going to have to work with Chris Jericho. It is not a knock on Jericho. It's just a bad matchup. I think Jericho could have gotten a different opponent that could have worked the same rate and style as Jericho could in 2023 and I think that would have been a little bit a better use of Chris Jericho. I'm look, I'm trying my best not to bash on you because this is not Jericho's fault. But yes, Will Ospreay is grossly misused at all in by being put with Chris Jericho in a one on one match. I am so sorry. Um, again, I can't say this enough. If Chris Jericho is listening or he gets a whiff of this, it has nothing to do with him. But if Chris Jericho thinks in 2023 that he can still work at the same rate as Will Ospreay, 
at 30 years old. I think he's lying to himself. I think he knows that. I don't expect him to. I don't, Bro, I don't even think a 40-year-old Chris Jericho could keep up with Will Ospreay at this rate. Never mind a 52-year-old Chris Jericho. I mean, I mean, seriously, dude. I mean, it, look, we all fucking age. That's, that's, that's not us. Look, Jericho had his heyday. He burned down fucking buildings. I was right, I was right there at the All-State Arena in Chicago when Chris Jericho debuted in WWE and interrupted The Rock. I was in section 106, bro. I was right there, fucking loving every minute of it. In 2023, he should not be in a headline match with Will Ospreay. That is a bad booking decision. How how much of this is TK and how much of this is Chris Jericho? Because Chris Jericho's got creative power over himself as well. You don't think he he throws into uh, what he wants to do on on on, on the show for himself? I mean. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I, uh, he mentioned he say. mentioned how this match was supposed to take place in 2021 before the pandemic hit. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't get it, man. I don't know. I don't know if this is Jericho's doing. I don't know if this is Jericho saying, "Okay, TK, I'll do what you want me to do." I don't know if this is Jericho saying, "I want this match." Will wants this match. Let's do it. I don't know. I don't know. And and to be honest with you, it doesn't really matter to me because the match makes no sense, and it's kind of hard to get excited for it. The other match that we got tonight is Kenny Omega, Adam Page, and Kota Ibushi versus Jay White, Juice Robinson, and Konosuke Takeshita. I mean, on paper, it sounds like a fucking absolute classic. It it does. And it's going to be a banger. It's going to be a banger. It's going to be a great wrestling match. But outside of a great wrestling match, which we all know all six guys can deliver a great fucking match, where's the story? You're going to get some New Japan elitists. Oh, there is a story. Jay White and Kenny Omega, former leaders of the Bullet Club. Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega, the Golden Lovers reunited. Adam Page teaming with the Golden Lovers for the first time. Blah, 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 blah. Kenny Omega and Kanosuke Takeshita. Blah, 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 blah. It's fine. It's the only story. It's the only part of the story that I care about is Kenny Omega and Kanosuke Takeshita because Don Callis and Kenny Omega has been a consistent story on TV. But if you're asking me to care because of Jay White and Kenny Omega and the history between former Bullet Club leaders, save it. This is all in. This is AEW all in. It's not New Japan Pro Wrestling all in. I don't give a fuck what happened six years ago in Japan. I don't. This is American television, not Japanese television. Keep that shit over there. You're asking the audience to invest their time in something that happened on TV here. I don't need to go search myself for bullshit that happened in Japan. We should be watching it happen on TV going towards this show. And Jesse, we have not. No. No. I don't care. No. Let's get let's get to Billy and let's get to this damn show. Bro. $100 Super Chat by Billy Sizane. Hey, JD and Jesse, I'm pissed. As an AEW fan, this is the biggest show. All this drama makes me sick, but hope to mighty God the show will deliver. But CM Punk drama, as a fan, not good. Love you guys, Jesse and JD. Thank you, Billy. I appreciate your uh, your generosity yes, and, and, support. Me. And, and, and your support, brother. Jesse, uh, you made Jesse smile for the first time tonight. Uh, FTR versus the Bucks, Jesse. I mean, are you excited about that? FTR versus the Bucks, I, I will always get excited yes. about that match. I mean, always. Hopefully, I, I mean, not hopefully. It will. It will deliver. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we got a stadium stampede match tonight. I mean, 
listen, guys, I'm trying to find the excitement where, you know, something like that should get us excited. But, you know, a stadium stampede match at Wembley Stadium is not really what we signed up for. Stadium stampede was something, a concept that was created in the middle of a pandemic to get us through uh, empty crowds and empty arenas with no crowds. So why are we doing it now and going back on something that was made popular during a fucking era where there was no fans to only do it now in front of 80,000 people? I don't really get it. And it feels like, Jesse, that the Blackpool Combat Club is blood and guts, anarchy in the arena, stadium stampede. It's like, I mean, are they the king of gimmick matches? I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, we got six on six. Call me crazy, but... I would rather see Orange Cassidy versus John Moxley one on one for the fucking pay per view instead of giving us six for six. Yeah, yeah. I can see that. I, I, I can. I, I think I'd be just ex- as excited for Moxley and and OC as the match I'm getting right here. I think I'd be equally as excited about it. Hey, Eddie Kingston came back. Eddie Kingston coming back is always good news. It is that is always a good thing to hear. I'm glad Eddie is here. Um, he will, he will uh, look, say what you want about Eddie, man, but Eddie is over. Eddie is over and Eddie is loved amongst the fans. So that's a beautiful thing. And I, I think he will add to the all in dynamic for sure. What else is going to be added to the show? I have no idea. I'm sure Tony Khan is going to give us five zero hour matches. I'm sure. Tony Khan is going to give us a token luchador match with his rental luchas. I'm sure Tony Khan's going to give us uh, another uh, eight-man tag. I'm sure he'll have uh, Minoru Suzuki involved. I'm sure he'll borrow somebody else from New Japan to round out the uh, all-in card. I mean, it, it, where, where's Andrade? Where's where's the House of Black? Where's Miro? Where's Jack Perry? Where's Hook? Where's... Uh, Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa. I mean, we got the ladies in a four-way with no fucking story. I mean... If you're feeling excitement for All In, fine. You may be an AEW mark, man. We're not AEW marks here. A lot of people claim that Jesse and I don't shit on the promotion. I mean, we're just being real with you. We're two disappointed fucking fans, and the report that the, the roster is disappointed, I believe every fucking word of it. Because if we're feeling disappointment, I can only imagine what they're fucking feeling. Swerve and AR Fox versus Darby and Sting. I mean, fine. It should be a great match, but they just... They just began to tell the story of A.R. Fox and and his relationship with Swerve and Darby and, and Nick Wayne two weeks ago. Literally came out of nowhere to join the Mogul Embassy. Yeah, they've they've known about All In long enough yeah. to have started a fantastic long-term... Bro, the build, I said this earlier on the extra. Uh, The the build should have started the fucking Wednesday after Forbidden Door. They had two fucking months. I mean, right away. Right away. But everything, it seems to be so thrown together as of late, man. I can't, I mean, do we have one match? One match that was legitimately, organically built a long time ago to come to a head at all in? Yes, Adam Page, not Adam Page, Adam Cole and MJF. And even that, and even that, even that, it, it, I mentioned this earlier too. They call it lightning in a bottle. I, I, I don't believe, and this is the truth. There's no way you're going to convince me otherwise. This was not the plan for them to be paired this long from the very beginning. This was not an idea that they yeah. came up with. Oh, yeah, we'll pair these two guys together and we'll take it all the way to all in. This was lightning in a bottle. They caught it. They figured out that it was working and the fans liked it. And then they started to book 
accordingly to get this match to where it hopefully ends it all in. Th- this was not the plan, you know, yeah. and that's the current way of AEW doing things. They they try it to see if it works. If it doesn't, they'll get rid of it, like they did Swerve and Keith Lee. And if it works, then they got something going and they'll build upon that. They they don't they don't plan long term booking anymore. They don't plan things out in advance. They they do, and then if it works, then they continue. Jesse. Yeah, I can see that. And um, Eli Renner in the chat says their goals are media passes. Let me tell you something, Eli. We were already fucking blackballed a long time ago. So you know what? I could fuck. I don't give a fuck. I, I, we, mean, we, I don't get invited to. I don't get invited to media anymore. It's the same. It's the same cast of clowns every single fucking time. Jesse. Jesse's applied. As my co-host, and he still did not get in, I think that's the reason why he's not getting in. If he applied and built his channel on his own and he had nothing to do with me, then I think that they would invite Jesse. But you see the same cast of characters. You see Denise and you see everybody that's fucking sucking up to Tony Khan and they're fucking rubbing elbows for an interview and they got half the fucking roster around their fingertips. I don't get get invited anymore. They get five and six fucking passes, but JD can't I, I, I don't... I, let, let, let me tell you something. I'm the biggest fucking stream... Now, Jesse's got me pissed. I'm the biggest fucking live stream every single fucking week to cover this fucking show, and then they don't invite me because I'm a little too real for them. The roster... Some of the roster don't like me because of the things that I said. Tough shit. Tough. Tough shit. You, You're not going to hear from the fucking guy that signed your goddamn paychecks. You're going to hear nope. from someone that gives a fuck. Nope. Blacklist is all you want. You're fucking snowflakes. We got over 3,000 strong. Who else is this live right now on YouTube? I remember. It was easy. They gave me passes like that. You, It's like pulling teeth with these fucking people. They don't. They don't want to know you anymore because you're a little too real for them. Oh, he's not with us. I never said I was against you. But you don't like our honesty? Well, I don't like kissing ass, man. But I gotta see fucking Denise get flown out every single fucking time there's a goddamn show. And she does nothing to enhance the goddamn fucking viewing experience for this show. Nothing. Nope. Opportunities handed out to everybody who sucks dick in the community. Meanwhile, I work my fucking ass to the bone. And I'm one of the biggest influencers in this goddamn space. And I don't get shit. Fuck off. The gloves are off tonight. Fun fact, everybody, everybody in chat. True story. I had JD listen to Tupac hit him up today. That's why he's in this mood. Ridiculous. You know how that fucking burns my insides? I can't stand that shit, man. It's almost as if hard work doesn't pay off. Sucking dick does. I'm sorry, you'd rather fucking share a goddamn truly with Tony Khan in the after party than fucking be honest with your fucking audience. Fuck off. I built my reputation and I built a fucking damn good living for myself doing what I do here. Jesse's along for the ride because we don't fucking stand for bullshit. You fucking so break. So Everybody sorry. else gets invited. Everybody else. Oh, no, JD guy, oh, he's no good. Oh, we don't like what he said. He's a little too honest. The roster don't like him. They got a problem with him. What, what, what do you got a problem with? What do you got a problem with? You don't like to be entertained? You don't like you don't like people telling you exactly how the fucking show is? Take it up with your fucking boss. He's the one who books the show, doesn't he? I was talking to one of my PlayStation Network friends who turns out to work for a very high-profile wrestling writer in the community. And he just happened to tell me 
that he, he has a media pass to all in because he got like four or five for his team. We hadn't even gotten a reply yet. He's got already got four and five passes. I know his reach and I know JD's reach. So I know that's some complete Go bullshit. look at everyone else who's live right now. I got fucking 50% more than everybody else that's live right now. Why is that? I don't know. Am I some fucking rookie that just burst onto the scene who just started a live stream yesterday? No, I built it because I work my ass off. Yet I gotta be told, nah, 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 we're gonna invite these other fucking cocksuckers to the goddamn show because they're safe and they always praise what we do and we like their behavior on social media. I'm sorry. Uh, you got 3,200 fucking people in here, man. 3,200 fucking people in here. So what type of influence do I have? Clearly, I got some pretty damn good influence if we're pulling these numbers on a random Wednesday night. What happened on the show that we got 3,200 fucking people in here? What happened on the show tonight? Fucking some asshole wielding a goddamn chainsaw came out, embarrassing the whole fucking crowd. That's what Every happened on the fucking show. Every wrestling fan at home had their face in their fucking palms. Go look at Denise's Twitter. Go look at her Twitter. She enjoyed it. That's why she gets invited. <laughs> oh, call me crazy, but I enjoyed this train wreck of a hot mess, she says. Oh, my gosh. She did? Really? I was yeah, bro, I swear, I swear oh. on my grandfather's tomb, bro. Swear on my grandfather's grave. So... If you want somebody at your media scrum... That's Those are the people that you listen to, though. Those yeah. are the people you listen to. Enjoy sure. it. Sure thing. Enjoy that. Ridiculous. I don't even know what I want. What do you want to say about this show? What do you want to say about this show? It was trash, all right? I fucking... I, I, I hated it. The few parts that were good, they were just good, but they were not good enough to overcome everything else. I didn't like tonight's show. Who started the show, Jesse? Who who opened Dynamite tonight? Orange fucking Cassidy. Orange Cassidy Again. versus Wheeler Yuta for the International Championship. 12 oh. minutes. The story is Orange Cassidy and his body, Jesse, is breaking down. That's the story. Granted, it's a story. A story that I actually appreciate. But some, some. people don't get the story with Orange Cassidy and his title reign. I am not going to... Look at Orange Cassidy every single week and say, oh, man. Oh, man, he's got another slab of Kinesio tape on him. Oh, oh my God, he's really struggling through this title reign. I mean, they're telling the story that his body's breaking down. He's struggling to win these matches as compared to when he first won the title. It was pretty easy for him. He's winning these matches by the skin of his ass. Tonight was no different with Wheeler Yuta. He ended up winning the match as the Blackpool Combat Club came down to kind of... I guess, lend Wheeler Yuta a hand. And it all came to a boil here where he landed an orange punch, sold his hand being injured. Yuta then leveraged Cassidy's shoulders down for a believable near fall. Cassidy sat down on a sunset flip and beat Wheeler Yuta with the sunset flip. One, two, three. He retains the international championship. It was a good match. Orange Cassidy doesn't have bad matches. Wheeler Yuta's a very good pro wrestler, but we've seen it before. And the narrative of Orange Cassidy starting a dynamite is a little fucking repetitive. Please. It would not kill you 
to put him on in the middle of the show. It would not. Seriously. If the, if the title is so important, why? how come none of his title defenses have main evented this show? I don't know, because none of the people that he's in the ring with are main event wrestlers. No, exactly. That's why. Mox and Claudia, who are out there, attack Cassidy right after the bell rang. Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, they did not run out for the save. They're taking their jackets off and the fucking pandering on the uh, on the stage for about three seconds. Take your time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Your best friend is being beat up in the ring. Yes. Take, take your time. Wait for your cue. Hold on. Wait for the music. Hold on. Are we are we are we ridiculous or what? I mean, holy fucking shit! And then they get out there and they try to make the save. The Lucha Brothers came out, did the same exact thing. Take your time, slow. Wait for your cue. Zero miedo. Hey, everybody's fucking uh, posing to the crowd. Their fucking theme music's going off. I'm like, your guys are getting beat up in the ring. I mean, this is not you walking into a fucking restaurant. To sit down and be served your dinner. Your friend they, is being beaten up. Run. They walked. Sense they walked of urgency, all, please. They walked all the way down, too. They didn't even run at the end. They walked all the way down. All the way down. MGM with a $100 super chat. When I found out about all in being in London, I was regretting booking my trip so early for money in the bank. Now I don't regret it. You guys deserve better for this trip. Enjoy it as much as you can because London is great. Keep being honest because that's why we are all here. Yes, the reason why we have 3,100 people and people like Denise have fucking 200 people watching them. Finish reading. Fucking ridiculous. Um, so they come out. The Lucha, the, 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 the Lucha brothers with Alex Abrahantes come out. Uh, Mox and Claudio escaped uh, as Eddie Kingston came out. He actually ran down the aisle like somebody who gave a shit. Right. Fans chanted, Eddie, Eddie. I love Eddie. I'll see Eddie at House of Glory on Friday. He's wrestling Charles Mason for the Crown Jewel Championship. Should be a fucking bang. Banger match. Claudio is in the crowd with Moxley and they're uh you know they're being held back by by the, the rest of the Blackpool Combat Club and, and and Eddie Kingston challenged them to Wembley Stadium Stampede and that's going to be the match it's going to be the Lucha Brothers it's going to be the best friends and it's going to be Orange Cassidy with Eddie Kingston against the Blackpool Combat Club now right now we only have Claudio Yuta and Moxley there is six against three right now. Who are we looking at to fill the rest of these spots in the Blackpool Combat Club? Is the Blackpool Combat Club getting three new members, Jesse, on All In Sunday? Nah. What are we doing here? Nah. Nah. They'll probably just get someone. I mean, it's, they'll throw some guys in from another faction, man. More than likely. How about this? Where's Santana? Where's Ortiz? Get them in the Blackpool Combat Club for this night. Uh, Stadium no return. Santana's been teasing his uh, his uh, comeback on social media. I think they've been teasing a, a, a reunion too. I believe. Proud and powerful. Um, I mean, listen. I swear to fucking Christ, I'm telling you right now. 
if it's goddamn Minoru Suzuki or <laughs> Shota Umino or some fucking geek from New Japan, save it. Save it. I swear to fucking Christ. I mean, if you're going to go that route, I mean, the, 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 the booking for this shit is shot. I mean, do you want to know who I want? I want, I want, Proud and Powerful is a good start. Do you know who I want teaming with John Moxley? I want you to call up Sammy fucking Callahan, and I want you to get him in this fucking thing. That's Ooh. who I want. Ooh, you want all you in? You go all in on Sammy. I don't know what um, he's doing. I don't know if he's with Impact anymore. I don't know what his standing is there. Get him in for the night. Pay him what the fuck he wants and get him in there. He'll fucking give you a show of shows for sure. Nah, Impact has a show that night, a, a pay-per-view show that night. Do they really? They do. They legit do, yeah. That sucks. That does suck, yeah. Or maybe we get Jey Uso. <laughs> yeah, Jay, Jay's coming in. Get Jey Uso. That's right. Forgot about that. Oh, 90-day non-compete, bro. 90-day ah, God damn it. Ugh. Gotta watch out for those 90-day yes. non-competes. I don't know, man. Uh, a stadium stampede match. We haven't seen this match since the daily place, the daily's place days. I mean, Jesse, are, are you excited? I mean, I'm struggling to find excitement in this. I, I, don't, I don't know. As a patron at the show, I'm not excited about a stadium stampede match because that means I got to watch it on the fucking screen and not see it. Yeah. So, no, that's for the pay-per-view audience, man. When you're live, you're never happy about backstage shit because you don't really see it. No. So. I don't know. We'll see what happens there. They need uh, three team members. Does the B... CC, so we will see what happens there. Jim Ross sat down with Kenny Omega, and Ross, who looked a little rough around the edges here tonight, Ross says that they've seen him in recent weeks, what Don Callis is all about. Omega said Callis was around him as he grew up. He said he had him take vitamins as he was getting college scholarship offers. The way he guided me made me the best athlete I could be. He said he tries every day to remember that version of Don Callis. Ross said it sounds like he's trying to justify his existence in his life. He pointed out that Callis stabbed him in the head with a screwdriver. Omega says you can choose your friends but not your family, and he sees him as Uncle Callis. He says he doesn't want his existence to be about revenge and have Callis in his head. Ross says it appears Callis has moved on from him by aligning himself with Kanosuke Takeshita. So we saw clips of Kenny Omega and uh, Kanosuke in DDT in Japan. Omega said he might think Takeshita is his new cash cow, but he's going to take him away from Don Callis. All of a sudden, we see Don Callis during this sit-down interview. He showed up and says he didn't know Ross was a uh, psychotherapist. Omega stood up. Jay White and Juice Robinson attacked Omega during this interview. Takeshita then joined in. They beat up Omega. They took a steel rod and bashed him in the back with it. A two-by-four bashed him in the back with it. And they smashed Omega's head into the back of a garage door. And Callus was there yelling at all of them to continue the beatdown of Omega. So we got that. That's part one. Then we go back to what I believe was in the arena. And they want us to believe that Hangman was standing outside the uh, hospital that did not look like a hospital where Adam Hangman Page was standing. There was an ambulance in what looks to be the arena parking lot. So, yeah, and the and the dude, the dude that approached him was wearing an event security shirt. So I don't know why these little attention to detail spots 
are not really given much attention. This guy was literally standing in front of an ambulance, and they called it in front of the medical facility or the hospital. I sound like Michael Cole, medical facility. (laughs) Hangman accompanied Omega to the hospital. Hangman said the beatdown is supposed to last longer than two minutes, and you should finish your target. Hangman said Omega isn't friendless. Said Omega will have him and Kota Ibushi with him at Wembley to take on Juice J. Robins, uh, Juice Robinson, Jay White, and Takeshita. Hangman said they'll finish the beatdown they started, and we get somebody with an event security shirt telling Hangman that he can't be drinking beer. Hangman completely downed the beer and handed the empty can to this uh, this fucking guy, this geek, and that's the way the segment came to a close. Listen, solid six-man tag team match. But is it the best that we got for Kenny Omega? No, it's not. It's lame. I don't so, know. Like, that, that guy should be, he should be your main event. And in, 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 in an absolute perfect world, if we can't get Punk and Omega to happen, which clearly that's not going to happen, uh, Babyface Omega versus um, MJF could have been a huge match if built up the right way. As it stands right now, Cole and MJF is just as good. But Kenny Omega in the singles division being built up to go and and get that title off of MJF would be extremely interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I know listen, a lot of people would prefer a Kenny Omega singles match at All In. I would um, I'm not saying that this, listen, I, I, I love Jay White. I think him and Juice have been fucking phenomenal. And Look, to they ca- were buried. What to, are you talking about? Takeshita, yeah, they're buried. Uh, Takeshita is just incredible. The match is going to be great. So, I mean, we'll probably end up, you know, complaining and th- there'll be nothing to complain about. But, you know, you know, I, I don't blame you guys for wanting to see Kenny Omega singles match. It, it, the rumor was that it was supposed to be Brian versus Kenny Omega. Uh, and that would have been that. That's the way that it looked like it was going, honestly. And, and Brian got hurt. And, and like I said, is this the best that we got for Kenny Omega? No, it's not. This is a very, 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 very distant second place. But I, I would, I would, I would easily, easily take Omega and Osprey a game with zero build. Oh, me easily. too. Easily. But but the, I'm listen. I'm sure that a lot of people want to see that match. I'm sure that was probably thrown across the creative table, but I, I guarantee you there are some New Japan AEW politics involved there. New Japan, I, this is just me spitballing, New Japan saw that match at Forbidden Door and said, we got dibs on the third one, we're doing it at Wrestle Kingdom. Probably, you I know? can see that. So, uh, that's the reason why that's not taking place, but... I can see that. Where the fuck is Okada? I don't know. We can use an Okada in this city. If we lost, if we lost Brian, I think Okada would be a, a great repla- a replacement for Brian Daniels. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens, man. It should be a great six-man tag team match, and I'm sure this will lead to Kenny Omega versus Konosuke Takeshita at All Out in Chicago. That's what I'm predicting there. This was a great segment here, man. Chris Jericho and Don Callis in the middle of the ring. Jericho was here tonight to accept Don Callis' offer to join the Don Callis family. So Jericho stood in the ring with Don Callis. Jericho said that when the JAS walked out on him, it made him want to change a few things about himself and reevaluate who he is as a person. Jericho said he doesn't join factions, he creates them. Is it after what happened last week? The answer is obvious to him. He said the answer to whether I want to be a part of the Don Callis family is yes. Fans were chanting no. Fans booed. Don Callis smiled, but he was, he was kind of shocked that Jericho said yes. 
Jericho said when the JS walked out on him, it made him realize he needed to get back to his roots and align with a man who is as low as he is. Callis suggested that they go to the local bar, beat up some rednecks, and celebrate. Jericho wanted to see what Don Callis had presented him in the ring. There was this portrait that was underneath a black cloth. Chris Jericho said, well, Don, what what is this? What'd you get me? You got him a gift. Don Callis tried to divert Jericho's attention away from that. We're going to be late to the bar. Let's go to the bar. But Jericho was insistent on seeing what was underneath this black cloth. So he lifted up the black cloth, and it was a very, very just creepy painting of Don Callis holding Chris Jericho's beheaded skull, holding him by his hair. It was basically Don Callis holding Jericho's head as if Jericho was beheaded. And it looked fucking, it looked sinister. It looked beautiful, you know, if you're into that type of thing. So Jericho was like, what what is this? Jericho asked if he expected him to say no. Don Callis tried to blame the artist for screwing up. Jericho yelled that he wanted the truth from Don. Callis admitted that Jericho was going to say no. He thought Jericho was going to say no. Callis said Jericho has such a huge ego, and it's always been about him. He says he thought he'd say no. He called him a narcissistic egomaniac who is too stupid to see what's good for him, and thus he doesn't deserve to be in the Don Callis family. Jericho asked, who the hell is Don Callis? He said three years ago, he wasn't even in wrestling, and nobody cared about Don Callis. He said he brought him back into wrestling, and nobody cares. He told Callis he screwed up every relationship in his life because he's a lowlife, a worm, a piece of trash, and an asshole. Callis slapped Jericho, and Jericho went after Callis. Takeshita came in and stopped that, beat up Jericho with a chair. Jericho tried to defend himself, and then out of nowhere, Will Ospreay, with the hidden blade, attacked Jericho from behind. He bashed him across the skull with a chair. Don Callis bashed Jericho then over the head with this sinister painting. Sammy Guevara ran out for the save with a baseball bat in hand, and the heels fled. Jericho was bleeding from his forehead. Now, I thought this was a great segment, Jesse. I thought both Callis and Jericho played their roles very well. The only part that I was kind of a little disappointed with was the execution of this, I guess, babyface turn for Chris Jericho. It was almost as if The heel here in Don Callis rejected Chris Jericho and they thought that was enough to turn Chris Jericho babyface because Don Callis rejected him. It's kind of an ass-backwards way to do it, but we got there anyway. And the second thing is, is Jericho even going to be a babyface going into Wembley if he's facing Will Ospreay, who probably is going to be the odds-on fan favorite there? That's a good point. But yeah, so Jericho was babyface because he tried to join a heel stable yeah. and they didn't accept him. Yeah, it's it's ass backwards. <laughs> Not that he rejected them and they beat him down for rejecting them. He tried to be an asshole. He, he said was rejected. Yes. He said yes, like I want to join your family. And Don Callis rejected Jericho. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. <laughs> or am I or am I being just overly picky tonight? I mean, I've never I'm like you you rarely see something unless that's what they were going for. I, 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 I guess I, so. But but a good thing that we get Sammy out there to to back Jericho as we were talking about ambiguous baby faces. Like so Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're still trying to get Sammy over and it's it's working. I will give them that. They are they they went away from this the shove and they're trying to just do it a little bit more a little bit softer and more organically and 
that is working as far as Sammy is concerned. But with, yeah, with this Jericho story, it just it just does it doesn't feel like it get us to Osprey the, the right way, which doesn't make a difference because again we we weren't gonna be happy with the match regardless. Yeah, I don't know, man. You know, I I don't know what Sammy's doing at the show. He'll probably be in Chris Jericho's corner. I, you know, I would have taken a tag team match. Sammy Guevara, Chris Jericho, now that they're both baby faces, right? Chris Jericho, yeah. Sammy Guevara against the United Empire, maybe Will Ospreay and, and Jeff Cobb. Something. I mean, I mean, yes, yeah. it would be another tag team match. I would like to see a singles match. We got a singles match that I don't think a lot of people are really happy about and expected better. But, I mean. Yeah, they could have, they could have, they could have done better with Will Ospreay, to be honest. That's, listen, that's a that's a it's a it's a very it's a very once in a in a in a generational style talent and he's just being wasted. As long as long as Osprey's on the show, I wasn't even thinking that Osprey was going to be booked for the show. As long as they got Will Osprey on the show, I, I'm good with that. Honestly. Fair enough. Yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll see. And um, you know, I, I hope that they produce a good match because the last couple of matches that Jericho has been a part of, we got excited for the Sting face to face and the tag team match with Darby. It didn't really go anywhere. It really didn't go anywhere. So I hope that this is different, and I hope they produce a good match. And it's going to be interesting to see Will Ospreay, like you said, Jesse, work a slower style with Chris Jericho. You know, I don't know how you slow that man down. I don't know how you get Jericho to work a, a pace that's more fitting for, for Will Ospreay. It's going to be quite the clash. He's going to have to slow down, or Jericho just going to get left behind. Yeah. And it's not going to look pretty, man. So we will see what happens there. Very good segment between Don Callis and Chris Jericho, one of my favorites of the night for sure. We got a vignette with Jack Perry. He said he's going to retire the FTW title next week. He said he's the greatest FTW champion ever, and he doesn't want anyone to mess that up. He bragged about beating RVD last week as footage aired of him giving RVD a low blow. Who's he going to retire the belt against? Is he going to... uh, Retire the title and say goodbye to the title, and that's it? Or are we going to get Hook coming out to defend his father's title? Because that's what Look, I think we should do. I'm just happy they got this loose cannon, Jack Perry, to do a promo without, you know, Big League and everybody. You wow, know man, I can't. I, I don't recognize yeah. Jack Perry without all the glass that he wanted yeah. to go through. I mean, bro. geez. I mean. Let's start there. Second of all, if they want to get rid of the FTW title, it's fine. Because we have a new title, the Leatherface title, bruh. We're not there yet. Oh, but it's coming. Guys, don't worry. The, the Leatherface title is coming. We're, we're, not, we're not there yet. Darby Allen and Nick Wayne versus Gates of Agony. I like the Gates of Agony. I think they're good. Uh, Darby and Wayne win in about six minutes. Darby rallied after a commercial break. Wayne dropkicked Leona. Darby leveraged his shoulders down for near fall. Wayne broke up a cover on Darby a minute later. Wayne hit a big leaping cutter. Darby leapt off the top rope with a coffin drop for the win in about six minutes. After the match, Swerve and A.R. Fox came down to ringside. Sting showed up on the big screen and taunted Swerve and A.R. Fox. He said he is directing movies and he has a great leading man. He said A.R. Fox better have eyes in the back of his head 24-7 because they have a coffin match in nine days at Wembley in front of 80,000 people. Sting then pulled Prince Nana into the frame with him, who was tied up, and he was being held captive by Sting, who was playing more of a Joker-like Sting here. Very Mm -hmm. animated was Sting. Swerve, Fox, Khan, and Leona ran to the back to try and save Prince Nana. Sting was making weird faces. He was channeling his Joker persona from TNA years ago and shouted, It's showtime. 
And Sting called Nana back. I need someone to talk to. Come back here. So Sting was uh, Sting was a little off the rails here, bro. So it was a little weird. Yeah. It was a little weird, especially with the whole kidnapping thing, babyface dynamic, and how was he kidnapped if he was tied up? If he, how did he escape if he was tied up? I'm a little confused. Yeah. How did he get away? I don't know. Maybe it was just his uh, arms tied up and not his legs. Maybe Sting is just shitty at holding people uh, captive. Well, who untied him? I don't know. Well, I don't know, man. You're asking the very difficult questions, but I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't have the brain capacity to deal <laughs> with this fucking illogical garbage tonight, man. <laughs> wow. Uh, MJF. And by the way, that match is going to be very good at the pay-per-view. Darby and Sting versus AR Fox and Swerve. I'm glad oh, Swerve. Kill. Uh, I'm glad Swerve is getting that moment in front of eighty thousand. I'm glad Sting's got that moment in front of eighty thousand. It's going to be great for them. I'm sure, Nick Wayne's going to be a part of that in some way, shape, or form. Uh, coffin match should be it should be brutal. Uh, you know, Sting in front of eighty thousand people, man. You know he's going to want to go out with a bang. What the fuck's he going to end up doing in that match? Yeah, killing himself probably. Yeah, probably. MJF killing it with Adam Cole. They stood outside of a steakhouse. What type of steakhouse did they go and uh, enjoy themselves in, Jesse? Outback Steakhouse. Outback Steakhouse. Adam Cole walked up and asked what they're doing here. MJF said if they're going to beat their opponents at the buy-in, they need to get in their heads. So (laughs) they figured that if they're wrestling Aussie Open on the zero-hour buy-in, that they need to conduct business and train at the Outback Steakhouse. Cole made cartoon faces at this. And Cole walked out. We, we got the next scene. Cole walked out holding his belly as if he just ate a big feast. And MJF was just over the moon about their blooming onions. You like their blooming onions, don't you, Jesse? I'm not, I'm not a blooming onion. No, me, onion. Neither, me neither. I'm not, I'm, a big, I'm, not. I'm not a big fried onion guy. No, no, I'm not. But they do have decent food at Outback. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah. Uh, MJF said it was the best food he's ever eaten. So Aussie Open must be equally good wrestlers. He panicked. How are we going to beat them? Cole told MJF to calm down. I got an idea. So they cut to Adam Cole and MJF sitting on a production crate backstage. Cole suggested that they watch Crocodile Dundee. So instead they watched Kangaroo's fight on MJF's phone. MJF said, look at these, look at these elegant creatures. Look, look at this, look at this maneuver. He calls it the kangaroo kick. The kangaroo kick is the answer. Cole said, that is the worst idea ever. Then they planted some toy crocodiles backstage, a kiddie pool backstage, and a guy walked past it, and they were kind of, I guess, kind of hiding in the bushes, kind of hiding behind some production crates, and then they leapt out like they were going to capture this alligator, but instead they double clotheslined this guy into the kiddie pool, Jess. He got all wet. All of a sudden, we hear a individual yell in the distance. Tony Khan was yelling for them to get into his office And then we saw Tony Khan's nameplate or a piece of paper with Tony Khan's name on it on the door to his office. He was yelling at them and chewing them a new one and said that they need to keep the double clothesline stuff in the ring only. And he started yelling at them. MJF and Cole left his office. MJF said with the door closed behind him, man, he's going to regret that one come 2024 when contract season comes. Tony Khan then stepped out of the office and asked in a very angry tone, what did you guys say? MJF said and told TK that he said he's looking great. You look great, boss. Tony Khan smiled. He gave him a fist pump, and he was acting as nice as could be. 
He closed the door, he put his sunglasses on, and he walked off into the distance. This part really got me because with all of the news and all the rumors, Jesse, and all the podcasts and all the dirt sheets claiming that Tony Khan is a soft boss, (laughs) AEW played into the fact that Tony Khan should be yelling at these guys but ended up being a soft boss. They projected on TV, on national TV, that Tony Khan is a soft boss to the AEW roster tonight. Well, at least he's playing a boss in, the, in a skit. I mean, that's a, that's definitely a, that's definitely a work, not a shoot. I mean, <laughs> that, that's a work. I mean, here, 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 AEW is they're taking something that a lot of fans deem as a major problem with the company, and they're making fun of it. Now, was it funny? Sure. They try to find funny in the real life problems. That's not going to help AEW in the long run. It's not. You can't pretend everything is a joke. It's not a good look. So, so backstage, we got a red sports car arriving and out. Stepped MJF and Adam Cole. MJF said that he had to take a dump. So he'd see him, he'd see him in the ring. Robert Strong showed up angrily, kicked the car tire, and he grabbed his foot in pain. Matt Taven and Mike Bennett consoled him. They cut to commercial break, and we got these two guys in the ring together to hype their matchup. MJF told Nashville the Devils arrived, and it was story time with Adam Cole. So we got chance of kangaroo kick from the crowd. And you know for a fact, bro, if we don't get a fucking kangaroo kick at all in, I'm going to be disappointed. Nah, I, I, I think they rode that wave with the double clothesline. It, 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 it's the same bit, different move. I mean, come on, man. I know. Well, I mean, people love it. People yeah. love these guys. He said it's the biggest night of his career, Adam Cole. Talked about doctors telling him nine months ago he'd probably never wrestle again. He said now he's headlined the biggest event ever against one of his best friends. He said for 15 years he's been at the top of every wrestling promotion he's ever worked for. He said winning the match will solidify his legacy. He told MJF he loves him, but he needs to win that match. He said when the bell rings, he'll do anything and everything to win. MJF said, well, that's a great story, but mine is better. He asked Nashville, who's ready for story time with MJF, baby? He said when he first got into pro wrestling, he was asked on day one of training camp at the Creator Pro Wrestling Academy to name his dream opponents. He wrote two names down. One of them was Cody Rhodes, fans booed. And they were not singing his song. And Adam Cole was the second name. Wow! Thank God. Cody scattered booze in the arena tonight in Nashville. Adam Cole obviously got cheered. He said he bought himself a new Dodge Ram truck and he put 90,000 miles on it because he busted his ass trying to make a name for himself on the indie scene. Just like how Jesse and I bust our ass and how I bust my ass to make a name in the wrestling community. And I get denied for my hard work. Thanks, AEW. Really appreciate you guys. He said he then heard about All In, which was the biggest non-WW show in decades. He said he shot his shot, and he DM'd Cody and said if he gave him an opportunity, he promised him he wouldn't be disappointed. He said sometimes, uh, he said some time went by, and his hopes of being on the show felt thinner and thinner until Cody texted him back and said, kid, you're all in. He said he got to open a pay-per-view that he had no right being on. He said he lost, but he managed to turn some pretty important heads, including Tony Khan's. Said after that match, TK offered him a contract with AEW. Probably the smartest thing that Tony Khan's ever done. Said if there's no all-in, there's no MJF. He said he went from being an unknown and grew up in front of the eyes of the fans and became a generational talent. Said he became the devil himself and one of the best to have ever done it. They showed Cole listening 
MJF said All In 2023 will be in front of the biggest crowd in the history of pro wrestling and he'll be in the main event with his best friend. So he can proudly say he'll be facing his dream opponent who has become his best friend. He said it means so much to him. So the match means a lot, but it doesn't mean everything to him. He held up the AEW title and he says Triple B means everything to him. It's, it's not simply just the title. It symbolizes all the blood, sweat, tears, and all the missed moments in his personal life. He said if Cole thinks he's going to lay down for him just because he's his bud... You're out of your goddamn mind. He told Cole he loves him like a brother, but at Wembley, uh, it, it will make him legendary. He said, no one is on the level of the devil. Cole said, may the best man win. And he led a crowd singing Adam Cole, Bay Bay. Uh, Aussie Open attacked them from behind as this segment was coming to an end. Cole and MJF fought back, set up for the double clothesline, uh, and they were about to... Uh, Take out Kyle Fletcher and Mark Davis. Mark Davis, he uh, was outside the ring, and MJF wanted the kangaroo kick, but Kyle Fletcher got out of dodge, and that was the way the segment came to a close. There was a little interesting moment there where Cole was going to set up and attack MJF from behind, but it was nothing but a tease, which is basically going to be a tease at the show on who's going to end up stabbing who in the back. Uh, I, I love this segment, Jesse, from the Outback stuff to what the two guys did in the ring with the promo. Uh, it definitely made the match feel big on top of it already feeling big. But I- I'm not really feeling this Aussie Open match, man. I, f- I feel like they they must have... There must be some kind of story that's going to be told in that match. Yeah. Because it just came out of the blue. Like, okay, I have an idea. Um, but we're going to need to book you guys in the, in the buy-in to pull it off. I mean, I'm I'm assuming that's when we're gonna get the divide of these two. Yeah, because they're not gonna go into the match, you know, as friends. So maybe that's when maybe that's when the 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 Roderick Strong and 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 the who the fuck is the Aussie Open? Yeah, come together. And I don't know. Well, I don't know. We'll see. But I, I I do I still think it's gonna end with MJF um um having a new stable here. I don't know, man. If if Adam Cole is going to turn on MJF, why would he? Why would he kind of be just kind of flaunting that in the open? Two weeks now. If what he wanted, mean? if he wanted to turn on MJF, Adam Cole, right? Because why would he? Why would he telegraph what what he's done the last two weeks? Setting up a super kick and you know waiting for MJF to turn his back and kind of set up like he's going to turn on him, and then he did the same thing tonight. Like why would he? Why would he do that if he's going to turn on him? Like if you want to turn on somebody, aren't you going to do it where? They don't see it coming because they already expect it. Everybody expects the MJF turn, so to completely ignore it, I guess, would be kind of the not strange, but that would be the 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 oh, you know they're gonna do it. He's gonna turn on them, but the the way that they're teasing it is like, oh, is he gonna do it now? No, he's gonna do it here. No, I think the I think the surprise part is coming in is when he forms the new stable with Rod with uh, with Strong in them. So maybe maybe that is the the swerve, or they think that's the big swerve. But I, I mean, I think everyone's pretty much predicting that MJF is going to side with, with Strong. But I don't know. I see what you're saying, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it's to I don't know. I I don't have a reason for that. It just it just really stuck out to me why why Adam Cole would be doing that if he wanted to turn, he'd just fucking do it behind his back when he was least expecting it. But, as... but for Cole, it's not a turn. You know, when MJF does it, it's going to be because he's a dick. When Cole's doing, 
is trying to get the advantage going into the championship yeah. match. Yeah. You know, that that's not a turn. That that's a hey, we're we're rivals coming up and I want the edge. Is, is there a possibility MJF stays face? Sure. I mean, he's great at it, but I don't want to see it long term. I don't. No. I, I want I want the MJF that we've gotten. On AEW, the the prick, you know, fucking running everybody down, MJF. But it's going to be very interesting. I'm not, I'm not big on this Aussie Open match, though. It should be entertaining. You know, I, I mentioned this with uh, with Drew last night on TNT episode number nine. You guys could go watch that on the channel. It's live on the channel right now. I, I I'm a little bit more of a traditionalist, Jesse. I don't want to see MJF and Adam Cole make their ring entrances on a zero hour pre show when they are the biggest draw for the show at Wembley for the world title. I don't want to see them make their entrances twice because it takes away from the impact of their main event match and seeing them come out at the end is not going to be as impactful as it should be if they're going to be opening the fucking show on the zero-hour pre-show. Yeah, I, I, I do believe that it, 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 this is to sell more pay-per-views. Yeah. You know, I, I, saw, I saw what you and Drew said about it. You know, when one of you said that, I, that if you're watching um, the buy-in and you're watching the pay-per-view, that's not necessarily true. The buy-in is completely free. Yeah, across it's on YouTube. Yeah. platforms. Yeah. yeah. So a plenty of people will be watching the buy-in who has not and has not intended on buying the pay-per-view that could curb some sales. So that, that's not necessarily true. Plenty of people will be watching the buy-in for free. And they might see a MJF and Cole and a big uh a big blow up in their exchange and something big happens that could make them say, fine, and look at this crowd. And that's why they keep trying to focus on everyone being in their seats. They want to showcase that fucking live crowd for the buy-in show to show how massive it is and show how, how big of a spectacle this is going to be and to get those last-minute buys. I think that is definitely why they're doing this, this buy-in match. Yeah, uh, we'll see what happens, man. I'm sure this buy-in is going to have a uh, big aspect surrounding the main event, so I hope that there is some consistent storytelling and continuity here from what we see there till the main event. should be interesting. Uh, it's definitely the biggest selling point of Wembley for me personally. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Hardy. This was billed as the Texas Chainsaw Massacre death match. Um, Look, man. Listen, I'll, I'll give Jesse the floor to uh, to say what he needs to say here first because I know he's just bursting with excitement here. I, I get that uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre paid for this spot. I get it. It's a sponsorship, and it brings in big money and more notoriety to the company. I'm okay with that. But I do know for a fact that as the boss and as a promoter, he had the ability to draw the line and veto certain things and certain predicaments and even the match and who was in it. And you'd be hard-pressed to convince me that there was no way TK could have avoided the Leatherface spot. That, that that I feel like that could have been avoided. And not only that, Jeff Jarrett and then the, the Hardys and everything else. I mean, it, dude, uh, you have the Blackpool Combat Club. They love doing fucking violent shit like this. All right? Give these guys a spot. I mean, but well, look, so you want to put Jeff Jarrett and Satin and Singh and 35 other fucking people no one cares about in a match on TV for the sponsorship. Whatever, I guess, fine. But come on, man. That Leatherface bullshit reminded me of the Shockmaster and the Yeti, you know, all wrapped up in the in the fucking one. That was just completely unnecessary. So 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 what what is this? Is it an AMC show? Is it a video game? What is, what is this? 
I don't know. A movie? Is it a new movie? A new movie? Is it? Like, is there, any, is there any originality in anything anymore? I'll, I'll, I'll look it up and see. Let's see. Like, you know, th- this should end the narrative in the oh, IWC. No. It's a game. It's a game. I'm sure the game will fucking bomb, and I'm sure IGN and every other review will give it a three out of ten. Great. I'm glad. I'm glad Tony Khan took the fucking money from whoever the fucking developers were for this heaping pile of garbage to embarrass his own fucking brand. Great. Hey, maybe you'd uh, be better than Fight Forever. Well, I don't know. That that game's dead too. No update's gonna save that from from uh, from what I'm seeing. Anyway, you know this narrative needs to die, and this is the night that it does. Everybody's like, J.D. doesn't criticize AEW for when they do shit like this. Motherfucker, I'm going to tell you to shut your fucking mouth right now. WWE did it. They did it with The Miz. He was eaten by zombies. Bray Wyatt did it. He wrestled in fucking neon lights with some fucking stupid looking fucking mask. And L.A. Knight, sadly, had to be a part of that garbage. And then we get Uncle Howdy jumping off of a fucking scaffolding that looks like he completely missed the target below, and we got fucking puppets from Bray's Funhouse laughing above. <laughs> I mean, this is what we got on WWE TV in the last year and a half, two years. Okay, so now AEW has their turn to fucking give us stupid fucking garbage like that, and you expect me not to shit on it? Like, this keep is in my. Mind, this is the alternative. This is the alternative, right? This some all some alternative, right? We watch WWE for the cheesy fucking hokey garbage, and AEW has the cheesy fucking hokey garbage too? Awesome. I mean, what are we doing here? This is all I'll say on this. This shit needs to die and get off the fucking television show. I don't blame Tony Khan for taking a paycheck. I don't, take, I don't blame Tony Khan for getting some sponsorship money. Go make your bag. Go get your sponsorships. Go make your money. But when it comes to shit like this, Jesse is actually 100% correct on this. You mean to tell me that Tony Khan is looking at this shit and not thinking, hey, man, this is not good for my brand. I don't think that's going to fit on my television show. We're supposed to be the alternative. He doesn't have the final say in some fucking weirdo, psycho, fucking lunatic idiot waving a fucking fake chainsaw with chainsaw sounds on national television on his, on his flagship show. You mean to tell me he couldn't put a stop to this? How exactly is this benefiting Dynamite? It's terrible, man. I mean, put yourself in a casual shoes, Jesse. Invite someone who doesn't watch pro wrestling over to your house to watch this fucking show. What would be the first fucking reaction to people watching this shit who don't watch pro wrestling, man? You would be embarrassed for them. So embarrassed. I would be so fucking embarrassed. I gotta tell people I do this for a living. You watch this shit for a living? You talk about this shit? Yeah, I watch a fucking, fucking adult themed program booked by men and women of my age and older sending a chainsaw fucking wielding freak out there with a fucking fake mask pretending like he's some serial killer it's embarrassing it's embarrassing do your spot do your promo do your sponsorship keep it in line with what you're presenting on television you couldn't stop with the death match, right? You could, I mean, what, what, what harm? All you needed to do was put a graphic up, maybe a commercial about the video game, put some fucking funny little graphics around ringside, and label it the Texas Chainsaw Massacre death match, and have it go off like a standard death match that we've seen Moxley and Lance Archer and Adam Page and everybody else fucking bleed to death in. No, you gotta have 
all the hokey bullshit, and Karen Jarrett for fucking, how long did this match go? 10 minutes. Karen Jarrett, eight of the 10 minutes. <laughs> screaming all over the place. So bad. So bad. It was so bad. All elite wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> where, is, where exactly is the elite? Where's the elite in this, TK, huh? I mean, the only chainsaw I, I ever cared to see on pro wrestling TV is Chainsaw Charlie and McFoley. That's it. Absolute fucking garbage. This embarrassed AEW. I'm embarrassed to even be fucking talking about this shit right now. There's no way anybody in that company thought this was good. None. Jarrett and Hardy and everybody else a part of this segment should be embarrassed for themselves to be a part of this shit. But I'm glad you guys got paid. Glad you guys got paid. Money's the root of all evil. You got paid for this shit? If I had this presented to me, you know what I tell you? Fuck off. I don't give a shit how much money you're paying me. No. We're not doing it. Well, one thing I did forget I meant to do at the top of the show. The one thing I will give AEW credit for is, is raising money for the victims in Maui. Yes, TK is good with that. That he's always that needs to be put up there. That yeah. that is that is always a good thing. He is always on top of disasters like this and doing things um that he can help with. And and this is one of them. And and that's very honorable. So that I'll never take from him. Yes, you're goddamn right. Punk would keep this off Saturday night. You gotta be fucking kidding me to see this shit on Saturday night. I mean, if there's one thing we could say about punk, he's not having fucking chainsaw wielding geeks fucking come on his television show muddying up the show with sports entertainment garbage. Fuck out of here. Britt Baker versus the bunny. Can we skip this one too? Please do. Hi, Brittany. Shit sucked. I'm not even saying hi to Britt. This shit sucked. (laughs) First of all, the match was garbage. Secondly, my God, man, I'm shocked at who won this one. Yeah. Here's the hilarious part. She came out wearing her original all-in gear. On dynamite, why would she save that for all? E- oh, sorry. You're asking questions that don't really have an answer, bro. <laughs> Great throwback. Wearing that for for all in and Wembley would have been phenomenal. Let me let me go- let me let me ask the powers that be a question because I know somebody's fucking watching the goddamn show. <laughs> I mean, do you guys even care? Do you guys even care about suspending the fucking uh, belief of the audience? Honestly. <laughs> I mean, who in their right mind watching this show thought the bunny was going to all in and going to get a victory <laughs> over Britt Baker tonight to go challenge for the AW Women's Championship? I mean, could you at least fucking tease me a little bit? Seriously. Lie to me. <laughs> I mean, I, it's like I didn't even get to fucking halfway down first base with this fucking shit. I mean, holy shit. What are we doing here? I mean, tell me. Tell me you're being lazy with the all-in booking without telling me you're being lazy with the all-in booking. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a mini tournament to get these women into a, a fatal four-way. You, you were better off just fucking telling us who was going to be in the match. Instead of shitting the show up with fucking Chainsaw fucking Charlie and Britt Baker versus the Bunny. Awful. Absolutely awful. Britt works like she don't even want to be there. Tell me when I'm telling lies. She don't even want. She don't even want to be there. She probably thinks this shit sucks. Don't blame her. The acclaimed. They made their way out to the ring. They were supposed to wrestle two guys, rookies, jobbers, 
Lights go out. House of Black show up. They beat down Max Caster and Anthony Bowens, who had Billy Gunn's boots with them. Caster was bleeding from the forehead after Brody King hit him with a chain-wrapped fist. Buddy Matthews stomped on his head. Malachi did nothing. He just sat in the corner and watched all this happening. Julia Hart then handed Matthews the boots of Billy Gunn. Brody took them and handed them to Malachi Black. So are we getting are we getting the acclaimed versus the House of Black at All In? What are we doing? I don't know, but I saw a news article that CM Punk has banned Billy Gunn's boots from the arena at Collision. So. Uh, CM Punk also told the men that he was in the ring with that he didn't want chops. Meanwhile, he was the first one to throw a chop in that match. Maybe he'll ban chops, knife-edge chops as well. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, what are we doing here? Is, is Billy Gunn going to join the House of Black? Is Billy Gunn going to join his son? Where's Billy Gunn? What is Billy Gunn doing? They've, there's been more... This, let me tell you how you guys are fucking this one up. You guys have spoken more about Billy Gunn since he retired First of than all, you have when he was here. Stop mentioning him so fucking first, much. First of, first of all, first of all, I, I mean, where where is TK's mindset at here? I, I mean, again, I have, I, have a, I have a serious problem with the way things are being booked here. I mean, I, I get you want to get the acclaimed on the show. I do, but you're bypassing Malachi Black versus Andrade for the House of Black versus the Acclaimed? Unless we get Andrade versus Malachi and then get Brody King and Buddy Matthews versus the Acclaimed. Maybe, maybe that, but what are we doing here? I mean, if Andrade and Malachi is not on your card, I don't know if Tony Khan deserves the fucking pen and creative for this show. I really don't. Like, what are we doing? Did it end with the ladder match with Buddy Matthews and Andrade? Why isn't Andrade going after the head of the snake? I said this a long time ago. TK needs to seriously hire a creative team and take a step back, man. It's it's it. I, I believe it's getting out of hand for him. I believe the task is a little bit harder than he anticipated because creatively, AEW has been going down the shitter Basically, ever since ROH has come up. I mean, I don't even consider ROH a brand, bro. I mean, I mean, I mean, a fucking uh, a half-witted idiot could book that show. It's nothing but matches. He, he 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 literally has a fucking hat with everybody's name in it. He pulls out names randomly. There's your show. How difficult it is it? How difficult is it to book Ring of Honor? Who cares how Ring of Honor is booked? Who cares about Ring of Honor? Hire, hire someone to book Ring of Honor so you can stop worrying about that. We know Bunk. We know, Nobody we know wants Punk to see Ring of Honor. You got the tape library. Great. That's all everybody know, cares about. We know Punk is booking collisions, so you, TK don't have to worry about that. I don't know. Andrade and Malachi needs to be on the show at Wembley. Absolutely no questions asked. What are we doing? Then you want to know why Malachi wants to go back and work with Triple H. Same thing with Andrade. Fucking ridiculous. Young Bucks versus the Gun Club. This match went nine minutes. They put so much on this show that this went overrun for two minutes. And this felt like it was rushed. And it didn't really matter because the Bullet Club came out and beat the Young Bucks at the end of the show. Young Bucks win. This was barely a match. It was all about the closing angle. Juice and Jay Attacked the Bucks. 
As they began to celebrate their win, they were about to attack Matt's arm when FTR came out. Juice stood on uh, in the ring with a chair. FTR showed up from behind and beat them up and ran the heels off and then had a face-off with the Young Bucks as the show came to a close. Rush, 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 rush. You don't even fucking get anything allowed to breathe on this show, and the show was over before you know it. Who cares? Who cares? Yes, I, It's all about I the Bucks. It's all about FTR. Who gives a shit about the gun club? They were just there to uh, get us to the end of the show. Nobody matters. Yes, I, I, I did, Jen. I, I ditched Dark and ROH for Impact. And I've been happy. Probably the smartest decision you ever made. (laughs) Fucking best decision ever, man. Probably the smartest decision that this guy ever fucking made, man. Man, fuck. Listen, the show itself, it was an okay show tonight. It was. We had some great segments. MJF, Adam Cole, always fucking great. Love both of those guys dearly. Uh, The Jericho, Don Callis segment, I thought was great, minus the little bizarre way that they got Jericho to be a babyface. Orange Cassidy, really you, a decent match. Eddie Kingston being back, great. We love Eddie Kingston. And outside that, I really can't fucking sit here and claim that uh, anything else on the show was decent. I mean, it was an up-and-down show. This was uh, a very, very weak episode of AEW Dynamite where Tony Khan is basically, you know, in the 11th hour here, now all of a sudden showing a sense of urgency to get this card together with a match card lined up for everybody. Meanwhile, the build should have been happening fucking six weeks ago. There's no excuses. Zero. This is not coming off as the biggest pro wrestling show of all time. All because you sold 80,000 people, that's only step one. This is a multi-layered endeavor here. You got the fans in the arena, great. Now you got to build something that fucking matters. And they have not done that. Nope, get the money. You got the money, goodbye. This is, this is the new model for AEW now. We'll take your money, just like WWE. We'll take your money. We already got the venue sold out. Who gives a fuck what we put on TV? Fuck off with that motto. Fuck off with that mentality. The current pro wrestling promoter needs some serious fucking help because all they give a shit about is them, the money that they make, and fuck the fans. That's the way it is. We feel slighted. There's no story going into any of this shit. Zero. Outside MJF and Adam Cole, maybe Swerve and Darby, maybe FTR and the Young Bucks, maybe. Samoa Joe and CM Punk, fine. But what is current? What is current? Nothing. MJF, Adam Cole, current. Swerve and Darby, current. We got two matches out of the fucking four that were announced before tonight that had story based on 20 years of history with CM Punk and, and, and Samoa Joe and then, and, and then the, the Young Bucks with FTR. This is match number three. Randomly just thrown out there. It was an open challenge. Have they gone back and told us what the fucking story is? Now, we're supposed to like it, though, because it's FTR and the Young Bucks. A nice refresher would be nice. A promo from one of them would be nice. I'm frustrated, man. Yeah. Ridiculous. We're going to hit these Super Chats, and then... After a night like tonight, man, I may need a fucking uh, whiskey and Coke or something, man. Holy shit. Jeez, man. Oh, my God, man. Thank you guys for, uh, we had 3,000 uh, 3, plus online, 3, man. 3,000 strong. You guys are fucking awesome. No, but yeah, but we're not, we're not at the media scrums. We're not at the media yeah. scrums. They want to invite Me. fucking, they want to invite fucking people with 2,000 followers on Twitter who asked Tony Khan the same fucking questions. Why aren't women getting a fair shake in AEW? Like he's going to give you the fucking right answer or the answer you're looking for. 
TK and AEW has decided that you 3,000 people don't know what the fuck you're talking about and don't know who you're listening to. So, you know what? You know what? Go tell AEW that we should be invited. How about that? Ridiculous. Anyway, let's get into these super chats. Appreciate you guys. You know what to do. Follow us on social media at JD from NY206. That's me. Go follow Jesse at Chi-Town Smart. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Go follow Jesse on YouTube as well. Same at Chi-Town Smart. He's covering Impact tomorrow night. And make sure you guys go check out all the content, including the video that I uploaded today around 5 p.m. Nice heated little rant on TK's uh, mentality with the booking going into All In, man. You guys are going to want to hear that for sure. Just solo JD ranting and raving. You guys know you like it. Joseph Taylor with a $6 super chat. JD, Jesse, if Seth and Nakamura can do what they did at Survivor Series 2018 at Payback, if it happens at Payback, we should get a four-star match. I don't care, Joseph. Nakamura, Jesse don't even watch Raw. I'm sure he knows what the reason was as why Nakamura attacked Seth Rollins. I want the world championship. Great. So does Jesse. Maybe Jesse's good enough to fight Seth Rollins at the pay, at the pay-per-view. Nakamura turned on Seth? Yeah. Oh, oh. Nakamura hasn't been relevant since he got called up from NXT. Spare me. Oh, wait. He hasn't been on... So how is he getting a title? This is, he's getting a world title match? Yeah, payback. How? If he's not even been on TV? Never mind. I'm asking too many questions. Nope. Nope. Forget it. Don't care. Nope. It's Monday Night Raw, bro. Nope. Nope. Uh, Sinister Classic with 11 months. Is All Elite Wrestling still All Elite? After tonight and the build to All In, All Out, I just don't know, man. I guess thank Punk for Saturday nights. Saturday night's good for fighting, Sinister. Clearly. It's in the name of the fucking uh, lyrics of the song, too. Is it all elite wrestling? It's not showing itself to be all elite right now. No. Michelle with a two dollar super chat. I wish I got more Darby and less of Jeff Jarrett. You aren't the only one, Michelle. Jeff Jarrett needs to go away. Dom Wapo with a four ninety nine. Every match announced tonight, we heard first on OTS. Also had a Voodoo Ranger IPA juicy haze, and it tasted like I was drinking cough medicine. Voodoo Ranger sucks, Dom Wapo, and I only report what others have been talking about. I didn't come up with no matches. I don't really have any sources, so uh, if you heard it here, I'm glad you guys uh, are watching me for your news. Sham World with a 10 months. Is it me or did AEW mute the crowd on TV during the Britt Baker vs. Bunny match because they were chanting for the bunny loudly and then went silent? Uh, I wasn't really paying attention, Sham World. All I heard was the fucking crickets through most of the match. Nobody cared. W-U-J Money with 13 months. I thought tonight's show was pretty solid outside the TCSM match. It built for All In, which will be a banger of a pay-per-view. Yeah, the show was the show was okay. Was it their best effort? No. Justin Smith with 22 months. I would loved it if the title of tonight's review was Tony Khan is a bitch. JD's takes are priceless at times. Bro, I would like to stay monetized for a, for a stream that has 3,000 views, honestly. Uh, Michael Evans with 14 months. Hashtag refund JD. Worst dynamite in AEW history. Not interested in all in. I'm not buying it. Don't blame me. No, I don't blame you, bro. Save your money. Omega Kong, $50 super chat. Thank you, brother. 
At this point, TK and Vince might as well sleep and cuddle together. Wrestling in North America is on life support, and I'm not going to give my eulogy. JD and Jesse, just sell your all-in tickets. TK wasted the last three years of our lives. Fuck TK. I would love to, but my awesome followers, subscribers, and fans are helping send me to London. So, yeah, I'm going to go and, 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 and do shows and do meet and greets and smile and shake hands and meet the London fans out there. Yep. That's what we're supposed to fucking do, but I don't have to enjoy this damn show. Uh, Mohammed with a five. Thank you, Omega Khan, for the 50, brother. Uh, uh, Mohammed with a five. I think AEW is doing too much way too soon. Dynamite should have been established for at least 10 years before they introduced another brand. Money talks, brother. Money talks. AJ, 499. TK, done broke JD. Lost for words tonight. It was so bad. I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, as soon as the chainsaw guy came out, I was... I mean, I felt I felt Jesse's emotionless fucking reaction through my text message. <laughs> El Mase with a twenty dollar super chat. TK was having too much fun with RVD last week. He must have forgotten all in. It's just around the corner. <laughs> yeah, Ooh, man. I'm sure your... some fun things happened there, huh? What about your Ed? Don't worry about the Ed. I did the Ed on Monday. I'm giving them a bonus Ed tonight. Uh, Tay-Tay, the savior with the 199. Where is the long-term booking? I don't know. Maybe we should ask fucking Vince McMahon. Maybe he booked the fucking show tonight. Beyond the script, 999. Maybe TK needs to hit up Jeff Hardy and get some mom's antidotes or something. Jesus Christ, what did we just watch? This goes to my boy JD and Jesse. Vince was right with Jeff Jarrett. Good night. Gone. Thank you, Beyond the Script. I don't know, man. Jeff Hardy should be embarrassed that he was in that fucking match. I think he poured a bucket of blood on Jeff Jarrett, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, red viscous liquid. There you go. Red viscous liquid. There you go. Joey Clemenza with a 9.99 and a 4.99. For the record, I'm just guessing it was Preston Vance or some other jobber. He says, hey, JD, how much do you think they paid Preston Vance to wear that stupid Leatherface mask? All in is looking a bit rocky, man. OTS for life. I, I that, was, that was Wardlow. It might have been Wardlow. <laughs> it's probably what they think of Wardlow. You're not good enough to be on All In, but we'll we'll pay you to be Leatherface tonight. <laughs> Fucking so stupid, man. Cameron Battle with a $10 Super Jet. AJ, the absolutely agree. Tony Khan books for himself and only him. In my opinion, there is only one man who books for the fans, and he is Triple H. Triple H ain't booking shit, brother. Stop thinking Triple H has any power, man. Joseph Taylor with a $5 super chat. Maybe if CM Punk retires, AEW will be in a better place. Pro wrestling. CM Punk ain't going anywhere if he's making $6 million a year, man. Will Chisholm, thank you for the $100 super chat again, man. That is incredible. He says Triple H's promo on Punk calling him selfish all those years ago hits harder now than ever. Philip Blase with a $5 super chat. Jesse speaking absolutely bloody facts. Love the show. Thank you, Philip. Yeah, thank you. Sean Lee with seven months shooting straight facts as always. Both of you guys are awesome. Best podcast in the IWC. OTS for life. Thank you for everything. Thank you, Sean Lee. Ulysses with a five. All I can say for now on the CM Punk thing is that Tony Khan and AEW need CM Punk, but Punk doesn't need AEW, and that's why Punk 
does what he does, it seems. Maybe I'm wrong, but fool us once, but now it keeps happening, and he really is proving people right. That said, he was the problem, especially WWE. I said this when it went down, and it's it's starting to look like it's, it's ringing true, but once CM Punk finds out that what he did at Brawl Out, once he finds out that that won't get him fired, do whatever the fuck he wants. Oh, yeah. And that's what he's doing. Jay and Joe's World with a 199. What's your opinion on Joker Sting? I actually like it. Actually like it. The different take on Sting, man. It gives him a little bit more of a personality. Will Chisholm with a $5 Super Chat. Just the thought, the way the AW locker room is, would you be shocked if that made Kyrie and Mercedes Monet say this is too much drama? Yes. Kyrie's yeah. already in WWE, reportedly, and Mercedes, listen, man, maybe that is why she hasn't shown up yet, and maybe that's why Naomi didn't choose AEW over Impact. Very possible, man. Naomi would have been front and center on AEW television, man, and she chose to go to a smaller brand. Must be a different reason that we don't know about. Francis Loop with a 10 and a 10. 20 in total. Thank you, Francis. I would not put Mercedes Martinez in a stable with Thunder Rosa. She has too much experience. I would have her on her own. I would have Thunder Rosa with Diamante and the Renegade Sisters in a stable. Tony Storm and Big Bill in the Bullet Club. Big Bill just has the look. Lance Archer and Jamie Hayter in the Blackpool Combat Club. Claudio, Moxley, and Yuta as a trio. Hanger and 2.0 in the trios division. I could see, I listen, I could see Lance Archer being one of those guys that teams with the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, I could see Proud and Powerful. We'll see, man. Th- those people have a history with, with Moxley for sure, but I don't know. We'll see. I do like the stable with Mercedes and Thunder Rosa, though. I think that's a nice one-two punch there. They'll stay Thunder Rosa and her girls, man, would have been phenomenal. I know. Uh, three Kings with a 499. Is it possible that maybe we just don't have all the information? How likely do you think Christopher Daniels would be like, okay, I'm going home? Well, Christopher Daniels is going to do whatever so Tony Khan says so. Says so. Are you going to tell TK no? Hunter's Hybrid Media with a $2 Super Jet. CM Punk equals Terrell Owens. Huh. I'll leave that one for you. I don't know what that means. That means you know, someone asking a super check coming up, and I'll just show them right now. Terrell Owens. Eagles jersey. Yeah. Terrell Owens is the biggest wide receiver diva in the history of the NFL, man. And he got away with so much shit so many teams picked him up and gave him big money contracts because the guy can produce on the field but he was a cancer to every fucking team cancer to every team and they all try to justify about where he catches touchdowns but he's a fucking cancer when he's calling punk Francis Loop, thank you, brother. Another $10 Super Chat. What happened to the Adam Page Dark Order storyline? I agree with you both. Said over a month ago, Mercedes Monet versus Julia Hart. A submission match. The Heartless versus the Bank Statement. Awesome. No, thank you. No. Julia Hart cannot go in the ring with Sasha. Fucking no. No, come, come on. on. Will Chisholm with a $5 Super Chat. AW lost the person who can sell the shoe or sell the show, I think he meant. That was Cody. He would be everywhere selling the brand of AEW. 
Cody knew something, man. Cody says he wouldn't really go into detail why he left. He didn't leave because of one single person. Cody left for Cody's reasons, and we are possibly seeing reasons that Cody left. It's not that difficult to figure out. Seemed like the heart went with Cody Rhodes, too, honestly. Yeah, it really did. To be, to be honest, a lot of the booking has changed. And I mentioned this to you, I um, think, via text. If you guys think about it, if you really think about it for a little bit and go back, the women's division in AEW started taking a turn for the worse after Brandy Rhodes left management. And if you know me here, you know I'm not a big Brandy Rhodes mark by any means, but... It, it could have been her advocating for the women back there to, that kept the women's division at a, at a better standard back then. Because once her and Cody left, it the women have gone downhill ever since. No, I don't think Cody. I don't think Cody left because of CM Punk. Cody didn't leave because no. of Punk. No, no. Uh, Will Chisholm, thank you, brother. Uh, Jedi Chunk with a five. No disrespect, but you might need to change your intro because TK isn't running his show better than Vince on Monday and Friday night. Just saying. Uh, I, I may have to go back to the other one. Until we get some change here, Jedi. Uh, I'll uh, take you up on that one, man. Gig Worker with a $2 super chat. LTB starting to become long-term dead in AEW. And it sucks. The Hurricane with 12 months. All In looks more like a dynamite super show outside of the main event. Also, fuck CM Punk and his dog Larry. Jason Park with a $5 super chat. Tony Khan sold his soul to the devil CM Punk in order to make this happen. Certainly pandering to Punk a lot more than anybody else, Jason. Kazama Fury with 12 months. Let's not forget the caliber TK had going against champion Mox. Mance Warner. Shields telling to shut up and look him up. Build your in-house talent. Tony Khan books for Tony Khan, brother. Mance Warner should have been nowhere on the show. Francis Lou with a $5 Super Jet. The new pinnacle. Punk, FTR, Sean Spears, and Wardlow versus my five-man Bullet Club goal. J.Y. Juice, Gun Club, and Big Bill. There you go. No, thank you. Hunter's Hybrid Media with a $2 Super Chat. Let's see him punk run the show. He'd do better than TK. Probably. Chill Vibes with 27 months. Salute to the real kings of the IWC. Salute to you, JD and Jesse. Thank you, Chill Vibes. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for 27 months, man. You got that gold microphone looking good on you. Issa got the gold microphone 24 months. She said, what the fuck did I watch tonight? I don't know, Issa. I don't know what you watched. I don't know what we watched. I hope Roman wasn't subjected to this painful garbage tonight, Issa. Please, know, right? give Roman my love. Now, see, Roman is a cute dog. Oh, Roman is handsome. Roman is fucking adorable. What's Larry's problem? I don't know. Don't take your frustrations out on Larry, bro. Hey, look, man. <laughs> Just saying. I'm sure Larry had a hand in this fucking booking, too. Maybe Larry sent some people home you know what let me tell you how petty punk is real quick petty in the sense of if he had ryan nimitz sent home he didn't even want ryan nimitz sitting in his catering listen man maybe this is all a huge plan to bring dolph into aw man and feud with with uh, feud with cm punk Hey, Dolph was on BTE for the first Listen, time. Listen, man, maybe CM Punk is holding grudges against Dolph, man. You know, AJ Lee had an eye for Dolph at one point. 
I mean, come on, man. You can't even, he won't even let this jobber sit in catering and do his thing. He record his BTE skits, record his stuff. No, he had him sent home from catering. How petty. El Maluto with a 499. I'll be at the go home show in Georgia next week. Hopefully, all this drama ends soon, but I doubt it. You guys are awesome. Thanks. Thank Maluto. Salvatore Soria with a $5 super chat. Maybe this is why Cody left because Tony Khan wanted to book what he wanted. Also, you mentioned the first two years of AEW, Cody was probably somewhat in charge. He was. He was. Cody did have a lot of say, I believe. And that was the fallout. Billy, thank you for the $100 Super Chat, brother. Really appreciate your love and support here, man. As always, Soma BT with a new membership. El Maluto with a new membership. Thank you, guys. What the fuck are you guys drinking tonight, man? Packing heat for the $5 Super Chat. He says, all in equals crown jewel. Ooh. Basically. Didn't crown jewel turn out good? I forget. Yeah. Theme parks and things with Johnny with 10 months. Yes, preach, guys. Love your honesty. Thank you, brother. You know who doesn't love her honesty? AEW Media. Jason Barkman, $5 Super Chat. I saw that interview with JD and Chris Van Vliet. Gloves are off now, drone reporters. That was a damn good interview, man. I'd love to have uh, round two with Chris one day. Maybe one day. Chris is awesome, man. I'll make us an old-fashioned. I'll make a damn good one. OmegaCon with $4.99. I got an idea. What if I start a podcast, get a couple of passes, and when I go down there, just destroy everything, I'll go to jail over this. No. No, I'm not going to jail over fucking pro wrestling, man. Come on. Judgment Day Mike Harper with a $5 super chat. I'm a lot like you, JD. I go live every Saturday for a wrestling week in review, live stream, and I'm always honest because I'm passionate about it. Mike, you always got to be honest, man. Don't let anybody sway your honesty. There are... There's at least 90% of the IWC that are not honest doing this thing. They're not. They pander and they play it safe and they toe a line because they think mingling with the pro wrestlers and mingling with the media at these scrums, they think it's all cool and it's going to get them where they want to be. But their content sucks at the end of the day. It does. Issa, Issa, Issa's always not Issa. Honest. Issa. Issa's been with me since day one. Not Issa. I, I've seen Issa work her ass off. I'm not talking about Issa. No, no, she said she's leaving. I was saying good night. Oh, good night, Issa. Go call with Rome. Matt Fugitive, four months. Four months down watching Dynamite while I type this. JD is the IWC Nostradamus. I try to be. MGM Ballin, thank you, brother. I appreciate the 100 in Super Chat, man. You are a beast. Najee with the 10 months. 10 months. 10, 10 shits for 10 months. Five for the real JD. Five for my boy Jesse. 10 for me. That Jeff Jarrett match was trash. Denise loved it. Any advice for a new podcaster? Yeah, don't be Denise. That's my advice. Yeah. One and only with a $5 Super Jack. Didn't watch the show tonight, but I can't believe that so far there will be no Sammy Guevara match it all in. It should have been Sammy versus Chris Jericho. Why? Jericho is a babyface. Sammy's a babyface. Sammy said he'd back Jericho whenever he needed him. A. Marie, 316. With a $5 super chat. 
Do y'all think CM Punk being in AEW played a role into why Cody Rhodes left AEW? No, it did not. Matthew B with a 199. That guy, Cole, and MJF hit is Hater's boyfriend. It's Jamie Hater's boyfriend, huh? He can go fuck himself, too. The guy that they double closed line of the pool? I don't know who that was. Me neither. Who is he? And how do you know that? Why do you know? Why is that information anybody knows? Shane Brown with a eight months. Hey, JD, thank you for the best live stream podcast. Nobody can even touch what you do weekly or even daily. Proud to be a member of the last eight months. Shane Brown, thank you, brother. I try, man. One and only with a $5 super chat. Remember at All Out Scrum when CM Punk said, I'm trying to run a business here. You might be onto something with Punk having more pull than we thought. I mean, it's not a conspiracy theory anymore, man. No. I mean, the facts are right there. Ulysses with the $2 Super Chat. Dario Cueto in Lucha Underground looking better than TK now, in my opinion. Bro, Lucha Underground was a production by a TV crew. It was, it was not, it was not run by, you know, a wrestling promoter. It was run by a TV station. Dario Cueto so played cool. a character on TV, man, but he was fucking great at what he did. He was an actor. He was more of an actor than a fucking wrestling promoter. Yeah. Uh, Jared Howard with a $2 Super Chat. Tony is officially sold out just to beat WWE. I guess you could look at it that way, yeah? My guy, Dr. Evil Genius with the 199 TK, got JD damn near emotional drinking. Not yet, bro. <laughs> I'm having my protein shake after this, and I'm going to bed, man. Nate, the head of Talent TV with a $5 super chat. I've never slept on an AW pay-per-view, but this is a joke, JD. Me fighting an eight-foot spider, I'm sure, will be more entertaining than all in. Bro, who's fighting an eight-foot spider, man? Where are we finding eight-foot eight spiders? Are we in the fucking uh, forest of Mordor? I mean, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. And don't, and, and don't sleep on these shows with horrible fucking build because the, more often than not, the talent yeah. ends up going into it and just overcompensating and killing it because the build is so bad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, Dr. Evil Genius with 199. I thoroughly enjoyed Jesse's Nakamura confusion. Jesse, Jesse doesn't watch Raw, bro. He's yeah, given I, up I, on watching Raw. I got into it with someone on Twitter a few days ago. Like, we know you watch WWE. I'm like, what? who told you that? Oh, you're going to tell me you don't talk? Like, get the... F- Whatever, man. Sue with a $5 super chat. They're just insulting our intelligence, Jay. Do you remember 98% knows it doesn't make sense, but 2% believes this BS. Calm down. Tell me or tell your partner what's up. I mean, the pro wrestling promoter always wants to insult the fans' intelligence, man. We don't know anything, Sue. We don't know anything. Uh, Jedi joke with the two. Jesse, do your own... Do you own any Eagles jerseys? If so, who? We just showed you one, Jedi. There you go. I saw that earlier. There we go. There you go. Terrell Terrell Owens. Owens. Number 24. 81. 81. Uh, Will Chisholm with another 10. Thank you, brother. JD, don't forget Brett... Said she wants to wrestle Charlotte Flair one day, not Mercedes Monet. That should tell you everything. All we do is whatever to see who leaves this company first. I mean, Charlotte versus Brett. No, thank you. Uh, Will, thank you for the 10. Furious with the 22 months. What's up, JD and Jesse? Very happy to uh, and glad to be 27 today. You guys are always awesome and honest and 
is why OTS is number one. Everybody give uh, Fiore some birthday cake emoji in the chat. Happy 27th, bro. Happy birthday, bro. Kirin of Darkness with a $20 super chat. That was probably the worst second hour of Dynamite in its history. You may be onto something, Darkness. Absolutely. Gig Worker with a $2 super chat. Breaking news. People power is all elite. People power. Can you imagine? Yeah. I can't now. I didn't think it was in the realm of possibility before the Yeti showed up. 24 with a 499. The staying intro made me break into full meta concert in my shower. That's how excited I was to start. After that monstrosity of a dynamite, man, I was speechless, man. I had no words. Matthew Armstrong with a 279. And what will AEW all out be? Rematches from all in. Will Chisholm with a $5 super chat. I really wonder how the elite feels about staying in AEW when he kept letting Punk get away with this drama. They must feel a way about it. I'm sure they do. But they're on separate shows, so that makes everything all right, Will. The one thing that tells me how pissed off the elite is about all this punk shit is the fact that they've mentioned it not once. Yeah. Not even on BTE. These guys are the king of just mentioning insider shit and joking about shit. They don't crack jokes about this one, man. They ain't playing. Uh, Nate's head of talent TV with a $2 super chat. CM Punk took a CM dump and made Larry the dog. What is with the Larry hate, bro? Come on now. Hey, man. Honestly, why are you guys hating on Larry? Look. I don't understand it. No, 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 no. Larry is not ugly, man. He is uh, uh, an ugly cute. He really is. Well, you had it halfway right. Hawaii, Chris, with a 499. Hey, guys, why don't they do rankings anymore? It works perfectly for UFC to keep fights fresh and interesting. Top 10 for each title thoughts. Uh, I don't know, man. It was too much work for them to keep up on it. That's why. They got lazy, just like everything else. It was too hard creatively to make sense of the stuff that they wanted to book versus what the standing said. Yeah. And those inflated dark numbers made everything worse. You got people coming to Dynamite who were like 45 and one because they went on this big win streak on dark and then they lose on TV. Yeah. And they go back to dark. Edward with the 499. Do you think we'll ever hear how AJ Lee really feels about all the CM Punk drama? Awesome as always on the review, JD and Jesse. No. CM Punk's wife is not going to say anything negative in regards to her husband. Joseph Taylor with a five-dollar super chat. Thank God I'm not into professional wrestling or in the professional wrestling world. I cannot deal with so many egos in one place. Well, good thing you're not, Joseph. I'm frozen. I don't know why, because I'm live on StreamYard, but I also don't give a shit. Oh, uh, I don't know. Maybe because I don't know the window open. Yeah. No, you're not. Um, uh, Cody Snyder with a $5 Super Chat. Favorite Megadeth song. Mine is Tornado of Souls. Rust in Peace is a masterpiece. My favorite song is uh, Holy Wars. And Francis Loop with a $5 Super Chat. Let's make Anna J a baby face and she can feed with Dunder Rosa and her stable on Collision and then she gets help from a baby face in Marina Shavir. Francis Loop, I'm going to say this the nicest way possible. I'm glad you're not booking the show. <laughs> Fucking Anna J is healed. So is her boyfriend. How hard is this? Put them together. Anyway. Uh, quite the review, guys. You guys are awesome. Thank you for all the love and support. A lot of what we said tonight needed to just get out there and be aired to the general public. 
a lot of frustrations mounting on this side of things, but I appreciate you guys joining us tonight. Uh, Jesse, any uh, any final words before I uh, get the hell out of here? Join me tomorrow night. We have a, another night of Chicago tapings. Um, there is no Leatherface on that show. I'm sorry to report. Um, I was there live and there was no Leatherface, but there was a pretty damn good match um, with Moose that I'm expecting to air tomorrow night. So check out Impact if you can. Oh my goodness, man. We got a $100 super chat from Zumba Cliff. Ooh, ooh. Right in the final moments of the stream. Holy shit. JD and Jesse, this is hard times as a wrestling fan, but we are going to pull through OTS for life, PSWWF. Here comes the pain is my favorite. How about yours? Zumba Cliff, thank you so much, brother. My favorite game, No Mercy for the Nintendo 64. Same. Thank you, Zumba Cliff. Thank you to everybody that donated tremendously to the stream tonight, man. Love you guys. Thank you so very much. Jesse will be live tomorrow night for Impact. I will be live again on Friday. I'll have something for you tomorrow. I'm sure there's some news floating around tomorrow. If not, uh, I'll see you guys live Friday after SmackDown. Actually, no, I'm, I'm not. Saturday SmackDown. Friday's going to be hog, so I'm not going to be live on Friday. But uh, just follow me on social, at JD from NY206. Go follow Jesse at Chi-Town Smart. Uh, I'll be at the NYC Arena on Friday night for House of Glory and High Intensity, our biggest show of the year. And go check out all the content on the channel, guys. Plenty of it for you guys to get caught up on. I am getting out of here. I will see you guys right back here for more Off the Script.